Hello Guardians and welcome to the Destiny Show Podcast. Tonight on the show, we welcome an inspiring guardian with an amazing story. He's an advocate for accessibility, a champion for guardians like him who overcomes so much to achieve ultimate legend status. He is a lifelong gamer, artist, neurodivergent, accessibility-driven advocate, and all-around great guy. Yo. We are so, so excited to welcome Jay Walking Games on the show. Welcome, Jay. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I'm glad to be here. I am, uh, yeah, I'm just totally excited, yo. <laughs> and hey, that's very kind of you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great to have you. And and we have another guardian who is back on the show, Mr. Shadow Price. How are you today? What's up? What's up? How you guys doing? How are you guys living? Living the dream. Right. Another week you? of no touch of malice, but you know, we're, we're here. We're surviving. Yeah. One raid at a time, right? <laughs> one, one raid. Really? One Oryx defeat at a time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and we have a lot to talk about tonight on the show, because tonight, the Destiny show goes accessibility. We're going to talk about the King's Fall raid. We're going to talk about Master Mode. We're going to talk about the weekly update and so much more and we're gonna put jay on the hot seat tonight for our discussion with the guardians jay i hope you're ready ow that's hot the first question we have for you is how did you get started in destiny oh wow uh so i was working at gamestop at the time i had uh i had already kind of left healthcare at that point. Uh, and as my health was failing, I kind of just did whatever I could. And and at the time I could do GameStop. And on the way out of work one day, they gave a bunch of us codes, hey, download this game from the makers of Halo. And I was like, ah, okay. So went home that weekend. Uh, my best friend was there. I was like, hey, let's, you know, I speak gaming. If you guys follow me on Twitter, you know who that is. And, and uh, we downloaded it, didn't expect to like it, didn't really want to like it because <laughs> I had enough games to play, man. <laughs> But from the the moment that, you know, I heard that opening score and Eyes Up Guardian, I mean, before I even got inside the Cosmodrome walls, I was hooked. Yeah, I was that's, that time. that's a very yeah. familiar story. That yeah. <laughs> is. And I, I have to I have to ask, because I had no idea that you also worked at GameStop, although I think I may have read about that during a uh, Bungie community focus. So maybe I should have thought about that. Nah, don't worry about it, bro. <laughs> ADHD friends unite. <laughs> so now I'm curious. Now you got your start playing destiny. Did you play any other game before then? That was a Bungie game like Halo one, Halo two, Halo reach. Yeah. In fact, uh, I remember playing, I only think, I think I only got as far as ODST. So I was that's like what one two three and ODST is how that went, and then I kind of fell off the franchise. Um, but I also remember playing Oni on PC, like way back. I don't even remember when that came out, nineties or around two thousand maybe. That was a fantastic game. I didn't even realize that was Bungie until <laughs> years later. But uh, yeah, yeah, I've, I've gamed since I was a kid for as long as I can remember. <laughs> So what was your first video game that you've ever played, Jay? Uh, you know, it, I think it was Donkey Kong Jr. on on the ColecoVision. Yeah, uh, it was either that or All a right. game called Space Panic, but I think it was Donkey Kong Jr. <laughs> so uh, I have to tell you, 
I have a game that is probably my most hated game of all time. <laughs> What's that? Are you ready for it? So there was a game that came out on the Nintendo Switch. Okay. It was a very old, some kind of a Donkey Kong game. It was really weird, but it's the hardest game I've ever tried the to play. The original Donkey Kong. The original, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and let me tell you, I've developed such a hate for it because I could not get past the intro screen even. And it was just so bad that I, I thought to myself, I wasted $10 on this video game that I'm never going to play. Because you know what? This is not fun. This is stress. This is I need a therapist at this point. That's how games so, were back then, though. They were hard yeah. on purpose to munch your quarters, man. It was a whole money making scheme. Yeah, you would have spent that ten dollars or more at the arcade in quarters. Yeah. <laughs> yep. For sure. I remember that. Oh, oh man. You were there. I used to love going to the Bring arcade. Back. Wow. <clears throat> and now I have to ask, you know, why why Destiny, Jay? You know, it, it really comes down to, I mean, so like there's obviously the core game itself, right? The, the story, the feel of it, the, the gunplay, you know, I think a lot of the discussions around the sandbox uh, are so passionate because it feels so good to play. Like they knocked it out of the park from the get go. Um, but aside from, so like that, that was just, and, and you know, the beauty in the game uh, and, and I've got, I want to shout out, I've got some shout outs coming, but it, they're, I, I move really slowly these days <clears throat> and apparently I'm still voice cracking. Um, don't worry. It never goes away. Uh, and so, <laughs> uh, but the friends, like I started playing it with ice. And then when the thorn mission came out, I remember he, he had LFG to nightfall and met uh, the guy who became the third member of our fire team seven, eight years ago. Uh, he goes by fantasy on uh, Twitter and destiny. Um, they met doing the, you know, a, a nightfall and then they did the thorn mission and the laughter I heard from the other room when they met for the first night, it was like, they've been brothers like all their life. And it, we've been playing together ever since. And, and I've got to watch uh fan he was single when we met him and now he's married and has a kid and, and we get to talk to his, you know, his kid and his wife on the, on the comm sometimes. And it's just been such a pleasure to, to know these guys and get to play with them for, for so long. Yeah. It's, it's such a great experience to have met so many individuals in the game who you became friends with and who you've been part of this journey for such a long time, you know, beyond what you would expect any game to allow for you to do. So I totally relate to that. Definitely. And uh, I think it's really cool that you've been playing with, with that group since the original destiny. Yeah. It's really special for sure. Has anyone ever like gotten tired of, of the game between three of you or, or, ended up taking <laughs> extended breaks yeah, kind of I, I fell off uh and, and this might be addressed late, later but it, i fell off right before rise of iron and didn't come back until forsaken uh, i just had some irl stuff uh going on uh but once i came back and it was ice who, who you know kind of got me back um and then the, the, the band kind of, you know, the, the band's all here. We just kind of started playing again. And we've, we've played other games from time to time. Anthem, Outriders, you know, whatever. But we always come back to Destiny. And even, you know, you know how it goes in the community, you know. Uh, 
even with us, you know, we have, you know, seasons where it's like maybe one or one of us is like, I really don't like this season. And the others who are like, I love this season, <laughs> you know, and then the next season it changes, you know. Um, but I, I remember, I do remember hitting a point where I was kind of dis- disillusioned with the game. Uh, but a friend of mine, fellow content creator, Mr. Jaume PM, messaged me one day and he goes, he was just worried about me. He was like, do you think this is about the game or do you think this is about like some stuff that's going on, you know, you're under a lot of stress. And I was like, I'm under a lot of stress. <laughs> but to speak to what you were talking about, friendship, like I've met people just in the last few years on Twitter uh, as I've tried to put my life back together who I've never met in real life who have become some of my best friends. And if you're out there listening right now, I just, I, I love all of you. Good stuff. Yeah, it's so, so great. And, you know, on that topic too, myself and Shadow Price, we've been playing this game, I would say a bit on and off, but I would say we both have been fairly consistent with the game. Although there are times when, you know, life gets in the way or just circumstances where you just can't really focus on video games at this point, right? For sure. But I think that we always come back to Destiny. I remember a time when we switched consoles. I don't remember if it was from Xbox to PlayStation or vice versa, but we ended up trying to play a little game called Borderlands, and it lasted like two days before we were back at GameStop to buy Destiny <laughs> because we realized, shit, we made a mistake. And... Yeah, so that's how it's always been for for me, and I'm sure Shadow Price can also attest to that. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, the game always finds its way to bring you back in. You know, you could be like disillusioned with it. You know, not happy with a season or not happy with some content, but there's something always in the game that they'll they'll, they'll put out, they'll build the excitement, and then you're back in it. You know. Yeah. So. <laughs> exactly. So do you both have a favorite season in Destiny? That's a tough one. I can think of probably my top two. Opulence and uh, Dawn, probably. Opulence more for personal reasons, although that season was good. God, what a good season. (laughs) I think that was the season I came back, actually. Maybe that's why. But I remember... That's when I dedicated myself to improving the crucible because I, I sucked so bad, like 0.48 KD died all the time was, was terrified to go into that crucible and started asking questions and, and really practicing and watching videos and turned it around and eventually got unbroken and all that good stuff. And so that season meant a lot to me because that's when I decided to do that. And I also got, once I set some goals, I was like, okay, I want to get Redrix because that's the thing I had the most uh, progress on, surprisingly. And I wanted to get like one more. And I ended up getting like Redrix, Luna's, Revoker, Mountaintop. I don't remember if there's another one that I got a bunch of them. And I was so proud of myself because I didn't think I'd be able to do it, but I did. And uh, so that season meant a lot to me personally. And then Dawn, I just freaking loved it because that's when Saint came back and all the weapons were so good. And, and I thought Sundial was kind of the next best thing to Menagerie. And yeah. Oh, that's when we had the corridors of time, too. Oh, that's right. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sleepless nights. What, you, you didn't like you didn't like the season with Nairobi Labs? <laughs> oh. <laughs> PT, man, I'm triggered, bro. <laughs> Talk about that. Those puzzles. Oh. Bungie and their puzzles. I think, uh, I think for me, 
I have been really enjoying this season currently because of King's Fall, but I wouldn't say it's my favorite. I would probably say my favorite season would probably be Season of Opulence, and I do have some personal reasons for that too. Uh, I was pretty hardcore gamer at that time. You know, I was doing Flawless Menageries, and I was... That was the first time that I got my flawless uh, raid done, like legit flawless, not, you know, grab a checkpoint and beat the boss flawless, but like really from beginning to end. Nice. And I think I challenged myself that season and I really, really enjoyed the menagerie and the variety in, in gameplay. And I still don't think we have reached anything that to me comes close to what we had with the menagerie. I, yeah, I think I would agree with that. And I remember I, I kind of got dragged on Twitter, not dragged. I'm exaggerating, but I, I remember kind of sticking up for Menagerie at one point last year. Uh, I, I think it may have been Fallout. He's like, was like, hey, which activity was your favorite? And somebody was like, dude, like, really? Like, I got out of Menagerie as soon as I got the weapons I needed. And I was like, man, I played Menagerie until almost right up until seasonal reset just because I loved it so much. Like, I loved that activity. So I have to ask, between the Menagerie in Destiny 2 and Prison of Elders in Destiny 1, what do you both prefer? PoE. PoE. I, I, I am a huge fan of PoE. Like, that, that's my favorite activity that, like, that's non-raid um, in Destiny, I would say. I would have to agree. And, and like... I'm way more of a hardcore Destiny player now than I was back then. I was so casual back then, and I'm not knocking casuals. I just was. And and but I, pl- I remember playing Prison with a fire team and loving it. And I remember how much they loved it. And Ice really loved it because he was like, "Man, this is it's kind of like you just said. It, it was the best thing that wasn't a raid." And uh, yeah, the boss variety, the the enemy variety, the cool. Yeah, you got good weapons and things like that. Good loot. Yeah, um, it was just it was a lot of fun going down into the into the treasure room yeah uh, that was always a lot of fun just the varics with his uh dismantled mind yes you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, you know it, it just kind of that activity grew on me it was a lot of fun like i used to just take do the level 28 one and just grind that over and over again just to get some rare loot like they because they put the rare stuff in there after a while in d1 so i would just play that level 28 thing for i would play like four or five in a row and because it was like you know just getting a lot of rare loot yeah <clears throat> it was uh it was a great time i remember school last week one oh it yeah was not easy not with that void <laughs> mm-hmm. but i remember dying a lot i really had some <laughs> special moments during prison of elders i will say one thing during that time I wasn't as excited about it because I was still a little 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 salty about not getting a raid that season. <laughs> so I still you thought, and, and I'm sure I wasn't the only one. Like yeah. I wasn't the only person, but a lot of people were just disappointed that we weren't getting a raid that season. We were just coming off from uh Proda's end, which was pretty decent for a raid. And we were expecting another one, right? And then at 
I think in May they came out and said, no, we're not getting a raid where you're getting an activity, but they weren't even clear about what we were getting, right? We didn't quite know until it arrived. But I think we didn't quite appreciate Prison of Elders at that time for what it was. Sure. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah. And then we realized what it was and how fun of an activity it was, you know. Yeah. So definitely. I definitely didn't appreciate it like for what it was at the time. I can say that for sure. Yeah. So now I'm I'm curious, and we did also ask our community on Twitter to get their thoughts on this, but I'm I'm curious to hear both of your thoughts for an upcoming season. We know we got one more before the big Lightfall expansion. I'm curious, are we going to get Wrath of the Machine? Are we going to get Crota's End? Are we going to potentially get Prison of Elders? And of those three, which one would you want the most? I hadn't even considered Prison as an option, so I would pick that one. (laughs) (laughs) I'll pick Wrath just because that raid is awesome. And to see that in Destiny 2, I've seen how good they've done with Vault of Glass and King's Fall, so they'll knock it out of the park with Wrath too as well i would but, uh i'm sorry poe my, would be next oh no I you're bet. good you're good go ahead i'm sorry i missed that i miss the cues sometimes <laughs> <My> <laughs> no problem um I, I you know i would probably pick crota and I, i'm sure i'm gonna get you know that's probably not a popular answer because it's you know i actually have a meme ready because it's more of you know a dungeon than a raid but <laughs> i would i love that raid so much i would love for for that to come back but like i said i missed rise of iron so Oh, never you never Riot. played Breath? Oh. Yeah. You know, so. Mm. Yeah. Martin, hey, thanks for coming and chat. <clears throat> yeah, Martin saying Prison and Crota would be, yeah, that'd, that'd be a good one-two punch, I think. So I would say for me, it would be Wrath of the Machine because Wrath in 140 frames. Yo. I think that would be pretty awesome. And I, I think... That raid, to me, from a design perspective, was probably one of the most impressive ones. I still remember that, uh, was it the Outbreak mission? Yeah. Right? Where you had to do that whole puzzle. Like, the entire environment was built so masterfully. And I'd be curious to see how the story would tie into the SIVA coming back and maybe getting to see Rasputin again and, and how everything comes back together in full circle yeah they'd have to throw a new exotic in there though because we already have outbreak perfected yeah huh. i'm sure they can do that i'm i'm confident in, in bungee see the smg they can do it okay see the smg yeah, that would be cool yeah <laughs> or maybe an icebreaker i mean i'm just saying you know oh, there you go there you go there you go a siva a siva icebreaker oh my god can you imagine <laughs> can you imagine a siva icebreaker oh man i would pre-order in a heartbeat i would pay 250 for that instead of nanites it spawns like siva shanks <laughs> don't, oh, don't give man. me Ulta. just give me an icebreaker if you give me an icebreaker i'll pay you anything Oh, I love the icebreaker for Vault of Glass. I miss it. Back yeah. in the day. I can just picture an outbreak version of the icebreaker. That would be just the ultimate. That would be a really cool movie. skin, though, to like have a SIVA skin on the icebreaker and everything. Oh, that, would, that would look dope. I can picture it in my mind right now, actually. <laughs> so, Jay, I want to go back to you for a bit. Oh. 
because you are our guest and I'm curious to know how has Destiny 2 evolved for you as a Destiny 2 beta player from the original game? You know, it's... I didn't realize how much the franchise had evolved until yeah, until um, I think it was last year I happened to install D1 again on my PlayStation and log in and just go run around. And it feels weird to say this because this, 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 yeah, this isn't meant as shade, but it was almost like playing a beta version of Destiny 2. Uh, but I remember when I played Destiny 1 the first time years ago, it was, wow, you know, like it captured that feeling. Um, so to come back to Destiny 2 with that in mind, and then to think of like, my evolution as a player from the time I came back till now. Um, and then how the game has evolved, but not, not just the game, like it's systems. Well, although I do remember when I went to next gen, like, holy crap. It's like, I was like, is this what everybody's been seeing on PC already? Cause it was beautiful. I fell in love again. Uh, but then after that, um, Uh, I'm totally brain fart now. This is an ADHD moment. <laughs> hey, back to you. <laughs> okay, so my favorite game in Destiny was Rise of Iron. Nice. <laughs> um, I, I really did enjoy Rise of Iron, actually. That was one of my favorite expansions. And um, Wrath, yeah. Wrath. Got Wrath of the Machine. We got... All the raids back during Age of Triumph. Oh, that's right. That was pretty special. And I would say in terms of one of the things that I will never forget about Destiny 1 that has completely changed mm -hmm. was very intentionally playing the game so I can get not one, but two or three of the same weapons so that I had one on each character, so I didn't have to swap <laughs> yes, them out. Yes, I remember that now. <laughs> and I would always do that, right? And that was the days before we had Dim and all these really great apps, like uh, Little Light. Yeah, I didn't want to go back to the towers yeah, to swap one weapons. Thing. <laughs> yeah. yep. And then I also remember farming for, uh, what was it? Spin Metal? Oh my God, yes. I had a little circuit. I mean, I spent I spent hours farming for spin metal. <laughs> it was like a ritual. We would literally put on some music and then we grind out for spin metal going around the entire destination. I think it was on Venus. And that's how you farmed for materials so you can upgrade your stuff. Yeah. Spin metal. Oh, was it Cosmodrome? Yeah, just okay. like it is in D2, I believe. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. This was some kind of something. So much I know. Uh, Venus was Spirit Bloom. Spirit Bloom. That's right. Oh, that's right. Spirit Bloom. Mm -hmm. I can remember that, but not, you know, important stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I remember that is Venus is my favorite destination. I, I, oh, it was beautiful, I wasn't want, it? I want Venus to come back, yeah. Mm -hmm. I would vouch for that. I mean, we're, we're kind of halfway there, right? Because, I mean, we have Vault of Glass, so, I mean, they, they can, right? True, true. I, I think they can. I would love to see, eventually, a Destiny game. I don't know if there's the technology for this, but it has like everything in it, just all of it, the entire, the entire universe. That would be so cool. 
Destiny the universe. Yeah, that would be cool. I think this really makes for a really interesting conversation and about not necessarily Lightfall, but what's coming at the end. Because the final shape, to me, indicates that there is going to be some level of completeness. Mm-hmm. Right? The, the final shape of Destiny. And based on what the developers said during the showcase in August, we learned a little bit about their new approach with the technology that they're able to no longer have to do sunsetting, as an example, or any piece of content. I think they called it the Destiny Content Vault, right? Right. And now they're, they're using a different approach where they can now maintain all that content. So I'm wondering if this is the start of getting a more complete destiny where we have all the raids, right? Where we're not limited by seasonal, you know, content. We can just play any raid that we want because this is the final shape. Does anybody know if Lightfall is on PS4 and Xbox One? Or is it just like next-gen platforms and PC? Or is it still on PS4? Do we know that yet? I'm not sure because because I thought I I think me and Corn were talking about it. We were going with a wager like they're gonna drop support when Lightfall comes out, right? Like the the Witch Queen's gonna be the last hurrah for the last gen prop platforms. But I don't know. Maybe you can still get Lightfall for PS4. Actually, yeah, I guess it looks like it's last gen as well. Wow. Wow, okay. <laughs> you know, I, I actually think that they would probably preserve last-gen support for a couple of reasons. One, I don't think the adoption rate of PlayStation 5s and Xbox mm. Series Xs are high enough for them to drop support. But also, if they can run the game on Stadia, then I'm pretty sure technologically they'll be able to get some form of destiny to function, maybe if it's not even with the full graphical fidelity or even with all the content, but I'm sure that they'll be able to continue some form of destiny. I would agree with that for sure. So you think the final shape's also going to be PS4 and Xbox one? (laughs) I mean, I guess if Lightfall was like that, that's a long console generation like that. (laughs) When the PS4 and Xbox, they came out in 2013, right? (laughs) I mean, that was a long time ago. Like, it's going to be 10 years next year. 10 years. Yeah. For those consoles. It's it's definitely a long generation. You know, and, and the other thing I wanted to note is that as technology advances, cheaper technology is still able to run all of the games that were able to run before. Right. And we see that with smartphones like, yes, smartphones are becoming more advanced, but it's like a smartphone, a smartphone from three, four years ago can function just fine because the technology was just fine three, four years ago. Right. So we're getting to a really interesting point with technology, but I definitely think that there are some really exciting things on the horizon, especially with uh, NVIDIA and the next gen CPUs or GPUs, I should say. That's exciting. Are you all picking up a next-gen GPU? I'm curious. I got a 3080 right now. I'm good. 
man. You got a 30. You got a brand new 3080, don't you? <laughs> yeah. It's still in the box, isn't it? It's still in the box. <laughs> yep. It's the founder's 3080, isn't it? Yeah, because I still have to. <laughs> I'm jealous. Sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, it's founders. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, uh, man, I love that card. Uh, my dream card. I would say at this point, you might as well keep it sealed, and it's going to be worth a lot one day. <laughs> As a, a graphics a card, like a collector's item. <laughs> that would be a really expensive collector's item, though, because that's like a seven hundred dollar card. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, and it, well, it was going for way more than seven hundred though for a bit there, wasn't it? Like, for a bit, yeah, on eBay, but I, I never consider those actual prices. Yeah, that's you know? right. It was just it was never that's in stock. Just, then all of a sudden, you te- you texted me one day like the the cards are in stock try to get one <laughs> so i'm like okay <laughs> you paid like 650 for it didn't you 625 oh man yeah that's amazing yeah and a steal of the century on that card so and have you installed it yet no it's still in the box <laughs> let's talk about that why is it still in the box i mean because the new case that i'm going to install it in is also still in the box <laughs> oh man and you have a case and you haven't even done anything no Oh, man. what are you waiting for what are you waiting for Guffman? uh motherboard new motherboard <laughs> motherboard mm-hmm. okay well that's valid because i have a new processor too i got a 5900x a 5900x mm-hmm. mm. and it's still in the box that's still in the box too <laughs> oh man i've been um, very busy <laughs> we need to find you a motherboard because i mean yeah. this is just you know Computer part abuse. <laughs> I don't even know what to call it at this point. Yeah. Neglect. <laughs> Computer part abuse. That's great. Like alcohol abuse. No. I don't even I don't even drink. <laughs> I drink coffee though, as you can probably tell through my uh energy. Coffee level. addict in the house. <laughs> so I want to talk about something a little bit more serious, Jay. And I know that you are an advocate for accessibility. And I want to learn more about what accessibility means in video games so that for anyone who is new to it could get a better understanding. Sure. Uh, You know, and I thought about I thought about this question and the questions related to it um, because but I think it speaks to my place. I feel like I'm in a, in a unique position. Um, talk about accessibility because my illnesses and disabilities occurred um, slowly over many years. And so, and while I've always, always uh, dealt with illness going all the way back, um, it wasn't until uh, uh probably my twenties. Yeah. Early twenties, the things really started getting debilitating. And so I remember life before disability and I remember life as it was happening. And I would say from, cause I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, which was the one that really took me down uh, in 2010. And I would say from 2010 until probably that whole 10 years, that was probably well, it was an adjustment period for what my life, I had to let go of what my life was going to be and start to accept what it was and was going to be. But then there was a lot of IRL stuff that happened too that was really traumatic and 
that exacerbated the condition. And um, it got to a point. Yeah, I mentioned this, uh, I think, in my Guardian profile. Uh, it eventually got to a point in 2019 where I attempted suicide. And, uh, you know, the years, le- I remember the years leading up to that too. And I remember the years since then. And I would say the first two years after that, um, and trauma recovery were the hardest, uh, cause I had to face a lot of really brutal stuff. Um, and while I was at the bottom, uh, one of the only things left that I could do was play video games. And, um, and that's eventually what got me to where I am today sitting here in this podcast. Uh, but as far as accessibility goes, uh, I, I'm, and, and to, you know, I'm still learning about it. Uh, and, and at first I was, you know, there, there might be some, some fear to say publicly that, Hey, I really, I'm learning here along with all you guys, but I am. And, and I feel like that kind of speaks to the problem of accessibility in the industry. I would say here in America, but I, I can't really speak to anywhere else is that it's, you, you are kind of expected to be perfect and get it right, right out of the gate or whatever. And, and, you know, p- part of my whole, ethos i think and and the identity that i want to build online is is being real being honest and and having the hard conversations and also saying yo i am ignorant of this and i need to learn uh want to learn and so like i'm still learning what accessibility is uh and and (laughs) i'm also meeting people uh who also advocate for accessibility and they're on different parts of the accessibility spectrum as i call it you know so mine's about the loss of physical ability and, and I'm starting to lose some cognitive function as well. Um, but you know, theirs could be, you know, may not necessarily from illness. It could be from injury or it could be congenital or whatever. I'm learning about them now. Like I, I recently discovered that most of my content is not actually very accessible friendly. And I was like, Oh shit. (laughs) So I'm working to remedy that. Uh, but I think it's kind of cool to do that in the public eye and say, yo, this kind of speaks to, the system and how it's flawed that we don't really know much about this. Um, and so it's having all this happen because in the few years since my attempt, um, there were a lot of days where I was, you know, in my room where I couldn't hold my head up physically, uh, because I was so sick and I was working on my laptop on a trackpad with like the two fingers I could move that day and one eye open wondering if any of this mattered and wondering if any of my experiences mattered, wondering if the therapy I was going to every other, the therapy appointments I was going to every other week mattered, you know, and now here I am and it's, I'm just so blown away and humbled and grateful. And I'm realizing I've always wanted to serve the marginalized of society since I was a kid. It took me a lot of years to realize I was two, <laughs> uh, but now I'm like, yo, I'm glad to be out here uh, because this is apparently where my people are. <laughs> and but back, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. Back to accessibility in video games, like especially when it was the only thing left that I could do. When certain things started to get harder for me to do, uh, like manipulate the controller or do certain uh, actions in game or over the last year, as some neurological symptoms have set in, uh, that I don't understand yet. Um, you know, I've started, I, I've had absence seizures for a long time. Uh, that's apparently fairly common in people with fibromyalgia. They're called uh, psychogenic non-epileptic seizures. And um, 
they got a lot worse over the last year. I also got COVID last year, right in between getting vaccinated. <laughs> and that, that nuked my short-term memory. Uh, and anyway, it, my ability to do things in game have changed. And I'm also starting, as I understand myself better, to understand why, let's say in Crucible, I can go in one night and slay out like a god and then go in the next night or even the next match and play like a potato. <laughs> I'm starting to understand why. And a lot of it has to do with the neuro neurodivergence. And as I begin to understand that, I really want to start to explain that to other people so that they don't feel alone and they understand why they are the way they are. And then maybe I can also help them, you know, get better at, at games too in the same way that I could. And then also one other thing, uh, like I was building a house in Fallout 76 last year during COVID just to get by. Like that's the only thing I could do is like when I was really, really sick and just fevered and delirious. And I found... A wheelchair. Once I built the cabin, I, I was building my office in game and I found a wheelchair prop and I cried because I was like, fuck, that's. That matters to me now. It didn't matter to me when I was a kid. It matters to me now. And. So like. It's so many things. It's 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 stuff that Bungie's adding to to the game to make it better for people like me. It's stuff that they're working on fixing in the game, like bright flashes and stuff that make me have seizures or vomit. And so I'm still learning, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy to learn alongside the community and, and share kind of what I learn along the way. Well, you know, Jay, first off, thank you for opening up and sharing your inspiring story. Oh. Um, it's very brave to open up about such intimate and and close subjects right so i appreciate you doing that here welcome and you know it, it takes a lot of courage you know to open up about certain things like that but also to become a face of inspiration to people out there who may be dealing with something similar who may feel like they're alone but then there's this game called destiny that could potentially help make things better yeah. and and I, I think that I can very much relate to like video games being there through the difficult times. Like I remember when my mom passed, I was playing Sonic. You know, I was playing Sonic 2 and it was that that really helped me to get to overcome during a very difficult time. Right. Like, a Genesis? like when my dad passed, I had destiny. Right. And that was the only thing that I feel like was really there to support me during a time when everything else felt empty damn yeah hey my heart goes out to you man i i, I understand yeah well i appreciate i appreciate that thank you you bet um but yeah and i think accessibility is very important from so many perspectives and i don't fully understand it either but i definitely try to be more aware and more understanding that everyone out there has very unique circumstances and needs like um i used to just not do anything that involves colors but then like i realized that it's okay to just say like look i'm just colorblind so why don't you do whatever the color part of the raid is because i feel that sure yeah it would it would it would just you know it would be better serving to do that right instead of trying to do something and Instead of just saying, look, I'm just colorblind, so like you do it, right? Like, and it's right. fine. Yeah. But that anxiety of before you decide to even speak up or if you can't speak up uh, is, I guess, that's 
one reason of like why we're doing what we're doing tonight, <laughs> talking about it. Absolutely. And, and we're all learning. We're all learning about what, you know, accessibility means for us, because I think for everyone, it's different yeah. level of thing. It's, it's a different aspect of how you're there for people who may have certain limitations that you may not even consider or have considered. Exactly. Exactly. And we are going to talk a little bit more about accessibility. Okay. But before we do that, I'm, I'm curious to go back to a little destiny. And, and I want to learn about what inspired you to become a content creator in destiny and, and when that all came to fruition for you. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, uh, the story continues. Um, let's see. It was. All right. So, um, how, how heavy can I, can I, can I go? With... This is your story. This is your podcast no. tonight. This isn't okay. ours. This is you. Okay. So wherever you want to take it, that's totally right. fine. Oh, let, let me start it with a dedication and special thanks to Mr. Ice Pick Gaming, my best friend of 32 plus years. Uh, one of our first conversations when I was seven years old was about uh, video games. Mike Tyson's punch out, I think. <laughs> that was good game. Oh, good game. Dude, I was so obsessed. I still remember the, the tone of the code to get to Tyson. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Um, yeah, so he was actually the one who, when I was at the bottom, pushed me toward content creation. Uh, so I just wanted to thank him. And, you know, if, if, if any of you are, are glad that I'm here, uh, send him a, uh, some love because he's, he's been like a brother to me since I was a kid. So uh, GG's to him. So that was probably, I had just come out of... I mentioned a lot of crap going down in that 10 years. So at the end of 2017, I um, left an abusive marriage. Uh, that's the thing that I had disappeared into uh, between Rise of Iron and uh, D2 Year One. And it was, yeah, the scariest day of my life was actually having to leave. Like, you don't think, you, you know, you watch movies about shit like this and, and you hear on things on Dr. Phil about, you know, making a plan for an escape and having to make a go bag and all that shit. But like, I actually had to do that. I'm six foot two, about 250 pounds. You'd probably look at me, you know, and, and, you know, of course I'm kind of a teddy bear too, but I mean, I'm, I'm a big guy and it wasn't physical abuse, but it was, I came to learn later. It was called narcissistic abuse, kind of emotional, psychological, mental abuse that, uh, will, unmake a person and it unmade me. And, um, after I got out and I headed back East, uh, that's the only place I had to go and, uh, reconnected with a friend, a, ch a childhood, my childhood sweetheart, actually. Um, and we were together for about a year and things didn't work out in that regard. And then when that didn't work out on top of having everything, because when I left the, the marriage, um, I had two wonderful stepdaughters uh, and they all, I always wanted to be a dad and it never quite worked out. And then, you know, when I married their mom, uh, it did. And that was, that's the best thing I've ever done with my life. And everything that I do now is dedicated to them and for them. And 
So losing them and then, you know, having to come to terms because I was also diagnosed with PTSD like three or four months after I got out, uh, which is now being evaluated for complex PTSD uh, because of the abuse in my childhood. And so and this is a heavy story. I want you to know and everybody else know I'm OK. I've, I've come through the worst of it. And um. I'm kind of all over the place, but like I lived with passive suicidality for like 10 years before my attempt, uh, which was it was there. I never I never had intention to do it, but it was just always there. And then I finally attempted and survived. And so like for me, especially having come through trauma recovery since then, that question for me has been answered. So like I don't when I share this stuff, I, I'm OK. Um, I'm healing. And. But the question of whether. I would take my own life it has been answered and that's one of the reasons why I want to shine a light in that space for other people because I've been there and um, so all of that had happened um, and then I was just I was at the lowest I'd ever been this was probably four months before my attempt and the only thing I could do was play destiny I was playing I would go to the dreaming city and just play for like 12 hours 12 hours 16 hours 18 hours just that's all I could do. Uh, and that's when ice, uh, who I had, you know, only recently reconnected with, because when I was in the marriage, like I literally, like I, I was cut off from everybody, everybody, friends, family, like I was really isolated. And, um, so I had just recently reconnected with him and, and then fantasy. And, uh, he just was like, dude, and, and he'd been telling me about Twitch and content creation for years. And even though I've been a lifelong gamer, for a lot of other reasons, I was kind of ignorant to this side of, of the gaming community and industry. And I was like, really? They pay people uh, to, to watch them play video games? What? <laughs> Which was of interest to me because my friends and family always liked to watch me play video games growing up. And so I was like, huh. And so I started hanging out uh, and, and researching and I hung out in Frostbolt stream for like all of that summer after my attempt. I didn't really talk about it because, you know, that's not his problem, <laughs> but he made me feel very welcome. He probably doesn't even remember who I am. I've got a shout out for him coming uh, hopefully next week or the week after. But uh, um, so it started as a way to save myself, honestly. Um, and, and I didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, and the, my first couple of years on Twitter, I was right smack in the middle of trauma recovery. Uh, those first two years were brutal because I had to like face like some family of origin stuff, uh, my past flashbacks, just a, real, a lot of really bad stuff. And my behavior on Twitter was erratic at times. Uh, and I think I blew my first impression with some people in the community. And I think uh, uh, I've, I've tried to, uh, I guess, apologize in a way by actually working on myself, you know, and actually trying to be better. And now that I'm on the other side of a suicide attempt and I, you know, I've, there's other things in my life too. Like I almost drowned when I was three, I almost died in the hospital when I was seven. I've been in a few car accidents. I'm still here. And especially now that I haven't, it was kind of like Tom Hanks and Castaway. Once I was like, huh, I can't even, I can't even do this myself. There. And I, I, I it's hard to describe. Like it's, 
I care what happens to me, but I'm also like not afraid. Like I'm afraid. I feel fear, but it's like, I'm just like, I'm determined, I guess is the best way to put it. And <sighs> reconnecting with myself meant reconnecting with the desire I've had since I was a kid to through performance and uh, like entertainment and media and just help people <laughs> however I can. And uh, so I'm just glad to be here. <laughs> and I guess that's my story. <laughs> We're grateful for you being here, sharing your story and being an inspiration to so many guardians and so many people out there. And that, that's important, you know, overcoming the greatest challenges and being open about saying, hey, you know, this happened, but I'm here, I made it. And I'm stronger because of it. And it's making me a better person and someone who can help others who may be dealing with something similar. Yeah. I can relate a little bit to that. So I, I can, uh, I echo those sentiments. GG's guys. I feel like I'm in good company here on sacred ground. <laughs> so, Oh yeah. It's awesome. And I think sometimes like it's okay to say that like you're struggling, right? And I, I think sometimes we sure. don't. Yeah. You know, sometimes we try to not address the things in life that are important to escape. Sure. And sometimes it could be video games. Sometimes it could be destiny, right? And sometimes you need an escape like destiny to be there for you, to support you, to be there as an escape during the times when things get for tough. Sure. But everybody goes through these moments where it's tough. Yeah. It's really tough, you know? And like, uh, I recently learned that I have ADHD and I never talk about that. It's never something that I openly even discuss because I don't even know why, right? Because I, maybe part of it is because I feel like I haven't really fully addressed those problems to the best way sure. that I could. So I can't really help others when I maybe haven't been able to help myself. Sure. That makes sense too. And it's okay to recognize that too, right? Like it's okay to be human and to really recognize that we're all imperfect. Yeah. We all make mistakes. We all do things that sometimes make us proud and sometimes not, but that's part of being human and recognizing that, you know, we're learning, we're part of the journey and that sometimes life is about the journey and not the destination. Absolutely. And it's, it's true. It's true. Very true. It's very true. I, uh, I'm 39. I'll be 40 next year. I was 36 when I attempted and everything you just said, man, that resonates. <laughs> And yeah, we need to be able to talk about this stuff. I feel like I had something else to say, but it went away. So I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> yeah, I'm 43. So I, and I had a midlife crisis last year. Hey. So I kind of went through it myself. But, you know, I had, I did a lot of research. I had a lot of soul searching and things like that during the time. And, I've come out on better. I moved to Florida. I've, you know, improved my life tenfold since I came here. Let's so go. 
I'm glad you're still with us, dude. Yeah. Thanks. Likewise. Thank you. Likewise, brother. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't quite recall what I was going to say a second ago, but I wanted to say that I, I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was 35. Um, but my psychiatrist at the time, and I see it going all the way back to my childhood. Um, and the more I learn about it, whew, like I'm still learning about it. it. It's it's like for me, it's like I want to understand it so that I can improve it, you know, my life. And then, like you said, share that with others. Uh, but it's amazing. Like all the stuff I used to hear growing up, all the stigmas, like, oh, it's, it's overdiagnosed and your kids just whatever. And a lot of the shame and blame behavior that goes along with it to try and control kids who have ADHD and, and learning, you know, kind of how the brain is wired differently and all this. It, it's, it explains a lot. I put my whole life into focus. It's yeah. I, I have a son who has ADHD, so it hits home for me for sure as well. My oldest, uh, my oldest so, girl had ADHD as well, and she taught me a lot, for sure. Before I ever knew I was diagnosed. <laughs> yeah, and I would say for me, I, I was never formally, you know, diagnosed, but I came across this video on YouTube. I forgot who who the content creator was, but it was about what ADHD was and and some of the or some of the side effects that you you have from it, and I never really understood how my brain works or why certain things were the way they were like sometimes i would cut people off not intentionally but right it's apparently adhd right and i i had no idea and i've always felt like crap about that right having trouble getting started with things like sometimes it's such a crippling challenge that it it becomes very very difficult struggle with that too you know and changing gears you know, just so many things like imposter syndrome, not really thinking that, hey, I can do this or I can do that. And it's like, no, sometimes you have to stop and recognize that our brains are all wired in a certain way. And we have to learn how to make the best of that. And sometimes you can use that as Absolutely. a superpower, right? Because one thing that I learned about ADHD is that I can hyper focus on things to a point where I get very good at at things. And that's how my life has been. There were a few things in my life that I've been very good at. I think part of it was why I am good at marketing or, or you know, how I've kept up with the podcast, you know, for long enough to, to be here today, yeah. right? Like that was, I think, part of ADHD, but also part of finding something that I love and something that I'm passionate about enough to make that happen absolutely concur (laughs) same page but one thing that you know i'm also realizing is that we're not alone throughout any of this and there are always people who are dealing with something similar and it brings comfort like you know i've met people who also have adhd who got me into things like meditation I've been doing right and that's been really helping me to get more centered and to be able to deal and cope with some of the challenges that I have to deal with and it ultimately makes me a stronger person because I'm able to overcome certain things and also I can maybe inspire someone out there who maybe is dealing with a similar situation absolutely 
you know, and you mentioned hyperfocus. Who knew that was a thing, you know, especially like one the way, you know, the way I was raised with the stigma surrounding ADHD, you know, it's attention deficit, which is kind of a misnomer, in my opinion. Uh, who knew there was such a thing as hyperfocus? I didn't. And then once I learned about it, it was like, oh, that's why I do the things. <laughs> I totally, I totally feel you. <laughs> there needs to be more education on it, for sure. And I guess that's, you know, another reason why I'm doing this. Yeah, no, absolutely. So changing subject just a little bit. I know we talked about destiny earlier, and I'm curious to learn about what were some important lessons that you took away from your time in destiny? Wow, that's... <laughs> you know, lately I've been thinking about... And are you... All right, well, I'll just tell you what's, what's coming to mind because uh, I feel like there's like five different ways I could answer that. But what I've been thinking about lately is the concept of, of the ghost and the resurrection uh, of the guardian. Um, because mornings are really hard for me. Uh, I remember back when I was diagnosed with fibro, um, one of the hallmark symptoms was morning stiffness. And I'm like, <laughs> that's what they call that constellation of symptoms. <laughs> stiffness. <laughs> uh, they're just brutal. And I also, during trauma recovery, learned that if you have depression or a depressed brain, uh, that can present as worse in the morning, too. Um, which it was a behavioral therapist that taught me that. And so he was trying to let me know it's okay. If you feel like shit in the mornings, it's not a character defect. And that actually took a lot of <laughs> pressure off for me. <laughs> um, I had some good practitioners along the way, thankfully. Uh, but uh, yeah, so mornings are really hard and painful and just brain fog and disoriented. It's, it's not fun. And um so, sometimes if you've ever played dark souls, uh, I'll imagine like do you, if you've played dark souls, the sound it makes when you spawn at a bonfire, sometimes I'll imagine that sound when I wake up in the morning, which sounds really bleak, but it gets me through. Cause I'm like, Hey, I respawned again. I got another shot. Um, so I'm going to go get my humanity in the form of coffee and keep moving. <laughs> and, uh, with destiny, it's the same thing, but with a ghost, you know, and it's lately, especially, especially like when I was trying to improve at PVP and I was swimming around the meta end of the pool and you know, I kind of became, I kind of became insufferable for a while. And on my way back down, um, what, what I was saying about the meta end of the pool, you know, I was like, Oh God, you know, you don't want to die in an in-game activity or whatever, which yeah, sure you don't. But like lately when I get razzed by my fire team for dying, I'm like, I'm a guardian. That's the whole point. Res me and quit complaining. <laughs> and so I've been thinking about that IRL and I'm like, especially cause mornings are hard for me. It's like, sometimes I imagine, you know, eyes up guardian and it's like, okay, I can do this again. And then I wonder what if I actually was a guardian, you know, and what if I was a really old guardian? I've been doing it for a long time. Who's to say that when I throw daybreak swords that it doesn't hurt and burn like a son of a bitch? I can relate to that. So it's, I don't know. It, it gives me strength and inspiration. 
with the stuff that I have to deal with in real life. And then I try to kind of transmute that back into media and entertainment, but back out into the internet for other people, other guardians. That's really well said. And, uh, you know, I, I can somewhat relate to that in that I think for me, you know, when I started out in the community, I just wanted to talk about a video game because yeah. I enjoyed Destiny. <laughs> but I think it, it it's become now where it's more of like, yes, I play the game to have fun, but I also play the game because I want to be able to inspire others who may not think that they can Definitely. do it. And show them that, you know what? Definitely. Definitely. I think that's also important. I agree. Right. I still have ideas for Crucible videos, but I'm thinking about going the direction of Crucible for the neurodivergent. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> well, we will be looking out for that. And as a YouTuber for the neurodivergent, I'm curious, are you a hunter, <laughs> a warlock, or a titan? Do I have to answer this? <laughs> Okay. Um, all right. So this is this is my story. I started as a hunter, so you could probably pigeonhole me as a hunter main. But and I've actually got this whole thing. Like I recently had to delete my OG hunter. Uh, I, I did a. I was part of a fundraising uh, streaming charity marathon in July for uh, the Fibromyalgia Care Society of America, and we hit. The Destiny community combined with the communities of the other streamers hit the goals out of the park before I ever went live. And one of my goals was delete my OG Hunter. <laughs> I actually still have to delete my vault too. Um, so that's a whole thing. Ouch, delete the vault yeah. too? Yeah. It, I set some lofty goals and, and man, I, I should have set them higher. <laughs> so when you deleted your OG Hunter, was there weapons on that OG Hunter? That you do, that I totally forgot about. Yeah, oh, no, but then I was like, Well, I gotta oh, delete no. the vaults anyway, so but I'm gonna take some time to at least stash some of the stuff I want to keep on my uh, on my characters and then <laughs> schedule the stream and actually stream the deletion. But uh, yeah, so that's the whole thing. I did recently recreate uh, a new hunter and I'm gonna make a video about their story because I think it's be pretty cool. But uh, I switched to Warlock toward the end of my time in D1 because I died a lot in raids. And so I wanted to use Fireborn for self-res. And um, I <laughs> stayed on Warlock mm -hmm. because I loved Stormcaller. <laughs> uh, and then right before Shadowkeep, I got my Hunter and my Titan because I did make a Defender Titan in D1. Uh, I got them out of Mothballs and leveled them and realized I loved playing all three. And so now I say that... I uh, have the finesse of a hunter, the heart of a titan, and the mind of a warlock. <laughs> I don't know about I don't know about nice. the finesse part anymore though, because I kind of shake a lot. <laughs> How do you feel about being able to blink again as a hunter? Um, not as great as I thought I was going to feel because my memory is so Swiss cheese from D one that I was confusing the warlock blink jump for, I think some of the blade dancer invisibility stuff. And, uh, so once I figured out it was that it was just the jump, I was like, Oh, no, I missed the whole thing. I want, I, I, I would love to have blade Dude, dancer back. God, yes, I fell in love with blade dancer from the start. That, that was, that was my class, man. Blade dancing, blinking yeah. hunter. Blinking shotgun, 
blinking sniping exactly. hunter. <laughs> Day one. <laughs> I just want self reds so I can come back to life yes. during like Proto's end during the second encounter when everybody dies and I'm like I'm the only warlock <laughs> and I magically just like despawn all the ads and res everybody. Yeah, I miss those. Yo, times. can I give a shout out to somebody in chat? Vex Milk, Buck Melanoma, Molly Russell's Wart. What's up, bro? This is uh, this is a friend of mine from uh, Twitter, uh, Destiny player, and uh, one of the only guys on Twitter that I can quote John Candy movies with. <laughs> What's up, man? Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, I'm a hunter main originally, but um, lately, I would say the last couple of years, I've been leaning towards my warlock more. Like even with the jumps, I feel like I'm more comfortable doing the warlock jumps than I am with the hunter jumps. In fact, I remember we were doing King's Fall, and I feel like I struggled doing the hunter jumps now going up at the last encounter if I got torn. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I have an easier time with my warlock than all the other characters. Plus, it's great for survivability because, you know, you have a healing <laughs> rip, you have a wild, yeah. it's a perfect combination. I, uh... I agree. Yeah, and it's funny because especially because I made Warlock for like two years there. And don't get me wrong, I, I will meme on Warlock jumps. I'll talk about how, you know, they're I still have trouble with them. But like once I switched from burst <clears throat> burst glide to strafe glide, that made my life a lot easier. And uh I I feel you because there are some days where I'm like, and I've even like there was a time that I really sucked with Warlock Blink. Um and I've gotten a lot better with it. And uh yeah, there's just I don't know. That's one of the things I love about Destiny, like when I log in, I look at my character select screen and I like, what do I feel like being today? <laughs> you know, and go from there. Hey, booty clap, capital Lou. Thanks for being here, bro. Appreciate you. Timeline cleanse. That guy has a smile that will cleanse your timeline. <laughs> I think we've had Lou on the podcast Dude, really? several times I, now. Where have I been? I've been under a rock, yeah, apparently. Um, hey, yeah, my bad. I'm, yeah. the, I'm the freshman. What's up, seniors? Yeah. <laughs> I remember. We had a lot of great What's people up? on the show now. I, I have to, like, I, I lost track, honestly. And way too much. That's fantastic. I'm glad to be here. Do you guys notice... That Cathedral of Dusk is back in the game. The the map, the Crucible. Have you guys played Crucible lately? If you played some Iron Banner, Cathedral of Dusk, the big ass map from D one uh, on the Dreadnought is back in D two, and I like it. Not a huge fan of Disjunction, but I like Cathedral of Dust. <laughs> Dusk, sorry. Yeah, I haven't played a ton. But sorry, go ahead. We can talk about. Crucible. We have a couple things to discuss about the Crucible, but we're going to talk about that during the TWAB segment. There's going to be some interesting conversations to be had about that. But now I'm curious on a slightly different topic. What Destiny raid should come back next? <laughs> Counter question. Uh, probably. You mean Destiny 1 or any Destiny raid? There you go. Yeah. I promised Ice Pick I would ask that question. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think you guys will know my answer, so I'll let you. Yeah, prison of Elders, yeah. <laughs> prison of everything. Prison of Elders. Yeah, I want a Prison of Elders raid. I want a Prison of Yo. Elders raid. No, that would be dope. You wouldn't have to worry about there not being a lot of bosses. <laughs> <For> real. <laughs> um, I would probably take Crota if we're talking D1, just because of nostalgia. I should take Wrath because, you know what's weird? You know, I've never played it, but I've seen a few clips. I've heard the mechanics. I really want to run it because the mechanics sound fantastic, but it's also... My favorite soundtrack of the entire franchise is the Rise of Iron soundtrack. So I'm like, ah. so I should probably say Wrath, but man, I loved Crota. It is a really cool soundtrack. Because <laughs> now the that soundtrack kind of uh, plays into the Iron Banner in D2. Yeah, like you'll hear God, I love it. From time to time and play an Iron Banner. There, was like, there were a couple yeah. of seasons where the music was bugged in Banner for me. I couldn't hear it. And I remember I was like, I'm so sad. I love the music so much. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you would hear the music kick in during the last like twenty points or whatever, it was like, yeah, Guardian. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of raid music, I, I'm all about Golgoroth mm. encounter. Like I can keep playing Golgoroth just for the music in that. I love the orcs music. The, the music yeah. that orcs like when you go into the shade or like just that. Oh man, some of those like crescendos and stuff. It was just really nice. I really like running around the <clears throat> the pillars. You don't kill yeah. all your knights, you know. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, you guys no, know no, what I'm no, I always kill my knight. What do you, you mean? Know. <laughs> <laughs> that was your knight. That was on my you knight. I love it when like two people, two people get kind of like you know lost so they're like running to op- opposite directions and i'm like <laughs> both <laughs> people die it's great no, we're just talking about uh, no. that never happened to me just last week ever <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it did maybe it did once or twice but we're not going to talk no. about that not here tonight so yeah i i really want wrath to come back i really miss wrath i think that yeah wrath was such a such an underrated raid. Like, I think we didn't really appreciate how great it was at that time. From the Death Zamboni to, like, the... Uh, I think the first encounter, Zamboni. like, would be cool. Like, you know, in the high frames and watching the... Fighting in the blizzard and stuff, too. Like, the oh, snow man. that come down. Yeah, so, right. so apparently awesome. I don't play Rise of Iron. I can't wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you, yeah, you play, that sounds fantastic, <laughs> dude. The Sepix, the Sepix perfected encounter in Rise of Iron with the freaking music, like when you're fighting in a blizzard at the end of the strike, oh, was oh, that was, was the best. Blizzard? That was so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, because there was so much because it, it was a snowy cosmodrome, Herb basically. D one. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, man, D one just oh, sweet sauce. If we could just play that in high oh. frame rate. Oh my god, give it to Good me. Stuff. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be that guy and I'm gonna say that like I was never a fan of sunsetting or them putting in this destiny content vault system. You're taking stuff away. Yeah. Let's call it what it is. I don't care where you put it, you can put it in your shoebox wherever you want, call it whatever shiny thing you want. 
they're taking stuff away and i always hated that game got and too big for its britches <laughs> yeah. think about this like <laughs> i can't play the red war campaign anymore and it's like i paid 250 for that collector's yeah, edition me too we both did right and like we we had you know like to me i wish we still had access yeah, to that content sure. i really wish there was a way to preserve that content and maybe bring back destiny one in its original form somehow in destiny they can Dewar. find a way to compress a lot better yeah. <laughs> like you know I mean, maybe. I mean, technology yeah. has gotten advanced enough where they don't really need. That's why I would to, love I to see know. that, I don't that know. Destiny Universe thing we no. were talking about. Like, it would be great. God, that would be so great. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, because I mean, here's the thing: we forget to think about we, the music, the just the 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 art direction, the weapons, the guardian, the you know, so many things that take up like memory and stuff. You know, like the things that were bogging the old like systems down you know like the last generation before ps throw for an xbox one remember that's why we couldn't have bigger vault space and things like that it's like oh we can't give you more vault space we've reached the memory <laughs> yeah, like threshold that. of these consoles <laughs> so like we're we we're probably coming up against like the memory threshold of ps4 and xbox one now like when lightfall comes out like man I don't even know. It looks it's yeah. going to be crazy. <laughs> I do recall them talking about, you know, like the, uh, well, I don't think it was, I don't know if it was Bungie. It might've been somebody on Reddit, honestly, but it was talking about like all the, uh, the textures alone for all the, the planets and places that have been vaulted over the last few years, like how big they were. And I think I, I well, I don't, I think this is speculation on my part. Uh, I, I hope anyway, that part of their long-term plan for destiny is to create something like this where they can bring the content back, but not knowing now whether it's going to happen, uh, especially given what was said recently about, yeah, we're not going to vault any more stuff, but it's like, what about the stuff that's already gone? You know? Eh, yeah. That's kind of a sore spot. It'd be great to have it all back and, you know, not have to pay for it again. <laughs> Oh, you guys really miss Titan though? <laughs> no, I do. I, I think that it wasn't the best destination, but I'd rather have it than or not. Did you like IO better? Did you like I IO better? I liked IO better than Titan, but I liked going to Titan every now and then. Uh, I don't remember. There were a couple of public events I liked to do, and then sometimes I'd just go screw around. But yeah, I, I think I liked the inside of Titan more than the outside of Titan, yeah. I would have to say. Like, it was all color. It was pretty colorful and like inside when you was. got inside. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's where Greg was. <laughs> no, I, I really do hope that they're able to bring back all of these old yeah. destinations back. You know, and the Leviathan raid foreshadows enjoyment. Oh my. I know how much he likes oh, yeah. the Leviathan. Oh, yeah. And uh, all of these great things the only thing that i don't really miss in the game is probably that one raid layer shadow knows what i'm You're, talking about oh uh, spire of stars fire of fire of death oh man fire of something let me tell you i just i feel like that whole raid was very like jump 
jump heavy, jump for your life. Jump heavy. <laughs> I think that's a good word, right? And I'm not a jumper. Maybe I'm a little bit of a jumper now since hmm. King's Fall, but I'm not a jumper. Yeah, because there was no, that middle part of the braid that was like all jumping, like basically. Yeah, and, and, and did I ever do that? No, I'm like, where am I? No, 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 and no. And to spawn no. that secret not... chest, you had to like throw the ball at the little I, D-pad oh, looking thing. I don't know what that looks like. <laughs> I would not even know what that chest looks like. You want me to do what with the what now? Yeah. <laughs> Can you do it? <laughs> So much lost potential. Well, he he can do it. I can't do it. I'm not a jumper. You know, I've played Mario when I was a kid. You know, I was okay. I got through some dungeons, but you know, that's not me anymore. I've left, I've left that behind. Did he? Did he? <laughs> I think the the last time that I really got to do some jumping was during the yo. Black I remember that mission. mission. Remember that. That was a good one. Yeah. Or the Outbreak Dungeon. That was another pretty interesting... Yeah, that was a cool mission. I liked the Outbreak. Jump heavy. That was a really cool mission. I really miss... You miss Trevor? Like you guys miss Trevor? <laughs> I do miss Trevor. Freaking Trevor. Oh, Trevor. That yeah. was a pretty cool idea. That was a pretty cool idea. I remember that there was like some Twitter account... They call themselves Trevor and and like started following Literally everybody. Following. So like, <laughs> pretty funny. That's great. Following everybody uh, on Twitter and like all of my accounts got followed and I will never forget that day. I don't know where I'm going. Neither with does this, Trevor. But we're talking about Trevor. So <laughs> there we go. So I'm curious on the current season, what are you all enjoying the most? Go for it. I've only played a little bit. Okay, I, me too. Because I've been trying to do the gotcha. raid mostly. Well, I can like, tell you what I'm sorry because I love King, sorry, King's Fall. That was no. Go ahead. Speaking of You're interrupting, good. I'm, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and talk. No, I'm going to talk over you. <laughs> One of the things I say to my friends, especially the more that I understand my ADHD, is so I was like, I didn't mean to be insensitive. It's just that I am. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you should have a t-shirt that says that that's hey, pretty that'd okay. be pretty cool idea. let's go <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I don't know what the question was now oh this season yeah um all right so I, I haven't played too much i'm only like week two in the story so i don't know much about the, the story itself but i will say i mean the seasonal title of scallywag that's a win <laughs> Uh, I love the pirate theme. Uh, I, I have played Arc 3.0 on all three classes, uh, and I love it so much. Um, I, when Void 3.0 came out, uh, I, I loved it, but for me, it really shined the most on Hunter because I felt like it let me play Night Stalker the way I always wanted to. When Solar came out, uh, for me, it was more... It was mostly Hunter. I loved all three classes, but I was really bored on Warlock, Titan, I was bored after the smashing was done. And then on Hunter, I was just having a blast with the weighted knives and the, you know, explosions and all that shit. But on Ark, man, I feel like it lets me play all three classes the way I've always wanted to play them on Ark. It just feels so good to me. I love it so much. 
Yeah, I, some of those Titans, like, I don't know how they got their bill going, but they got, like, nades, like, <laughs> they're, they're just able to use their arc energy so much to just destroy everything, <laughs> like, in their path. So I <laughs> I got to do some, like, research oh, into quick that. Question. Speaking of retro video <laughs> games that we talked about, like, an hour ago, do you guys remember ToeJam & Earl on the Sega Genesis? Oh, oh my man. God. I love that yes. game. In fact, I have a funny Go story about Toe Jam and Earl. Because I, yeah. I have a thing with those people. Let's go. Let me tell you. We were <laughs> going to have them on the podcast like two years ago. Oh, yeah. I don't know what happened. I remember. It just never, I don't know what happened. But like, they were so cool. They gave us a free oh. code for the game. And like, I played I and I had play so it. much the, fun. The we oh. never made it happen. And I freaking loved Toe Jam and Earl. So... If you all listen to the Destiny <laughs> show, please. You know, I've got Let's make it happen. Mr. and Mrs. Toe Jam. I've got a Destiny Toe Jam and Earl crossover clip that I started on like a year and a half ago oh, that I need to finish. Maybe we can get their attention that way. <laughs> Cuz I've loved it. The reason why I mentioned it was I remember the one when I first threw the new Titan Storm grenade. I was like it's the Toe Jam and Earl Thundercloud that follows you around and zaps you with lightning. That's exactly what it is. I laughed so hard. <laughs> the enhanced one with the uh, touch of thunder uh, aspect. Oh, it's it, it's just like the thundercloud from Toe Jam and Earl. Oh, is that? So it's the aspect that gives yeah. you like that all that aftershock yeah. Yeah, ability. Yeah, yeah. It enhances all the different grenades, and if you put on pulse grenade, it just enhances the damage and sends out ionic traces. It's nuts. <laughs> mm, okay. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I love Toe Jam and Earl. I missed that. I need to go back and play it. Um, they did a really great job with they the really remake. Did. It's really fun. There's I'm still playing it. I'm still trying to get the platinum yeah. because I have fun playing it. I'm, I'm playing the new, uh, well, it's not new anymore, but yeah, the Streets of Rage 4 that came out because like, I loved those games growing up. And yeah, a lot of good stuff. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. 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 Oh, man. This but is lately I'm playing back. Turtles. Yeah, Sorry, just, go ahead. Yeah, no, yeah. I was just about to say that turtles. I played, you play the turtles? I played Shredder's Which Revenge, turtle? and I yeah. plan on picking up Cowabunga Collection because I really Cowabunga Collection. I want to stream that. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I got Ninja Turtles. Was, oh man, that was my jam oh, yeah. on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, I got the right. Cowabunga Collection oh, on the Switch. So actually, you, I got the, digging it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah oh yeah um, I, I love the fact that they have like the turtles in time game and the other turtles arcade game and then they have the nintendo oh. ones and they have the game boy ones and then they have the That's fighting cool. ones the tournament like fighters and they have the sega genesis one yeah, like, dude. so you get all of the different versions in one 13 uh, 13 games in one collection yeah oh, wow yeah is it on the same disc oh uh, yeah is it a disc it is a cartridge you can get it, it right on it yeah right on amazon you can get it <laughs> that's yeah. pretty cool wow mm -hmm. so did you get the collector's yes i did i got the, i got the collector's edition dude it's sealed i don't I, <laughs> oh man it takes every ounce of my energy not to open it because there's some cool <laughs> shit in there so like oh like is there a possibility to maybe get two and like keep one sealed and one nope. open or like how does that go? i mean yeah that's always a possibility yeah <laughs> it's always a possibility right like yeah. sure okay yeah well you know i'm giving you ideas so you're welcome 
<laughs> and now, which do you have a digital copy? Are you, do you have no. you enjoyed playing it? Or I, have I, you got, just... I got a physical copy, and I got okay. a physical oh, collector's edition. Let's go! Oh man, so you, that's got the way. The, you got the works. Oh yeah! Did you get a T-shirt too? No, it's like there's no, T-shirts. I, I kind of <laughs> wish I did though. <laughs> no, I would hope. Yeah, dude. I, like, I'm a huge turtles Me fan. Too. I grew up I with turtles, so, much. so like, <laughs> yeah. Turtles. Are- I think I have a turtles game for the Xbox, and I think it's the the new one. But I think I have it digitally. Yeah, and I'm Shred- not sure why I have it on Xbox, but for some reason I have it on well, Xbox. It's, I think it's on Game Pass. Shredder's Revenge. No, I actually, ah, I actually go. bought it. Oh, okay. But it may be on Game Pass, and I double dipped because you know sometimes that can happen. But. I did actually buy it, but I hadn't really had a chance to play. So, you know, I do have a physical copy coming uh, for that, That's too. Fantastic. So. Mm-hmm. Well, they good were to know. <laughs> oh, my favorite is probably. I have to go Leonardo, I guess. GG. I, I like Raph, though, too. Yeah. So, how about you? Gordon? What's yours? like master splinter oh, <laughs> oh, and just like master splinter i didn't even see it coming man <laughs> donatello but i also like april yeah, I mean, i'm not uh, uh, going course. childhood crush bro <laughs> <laughs> absolutely oh uh, yeah donatello redhead donatello. yeah donatello's donatello's cool i i always liked the bow i, I liked his weapon yeah, the reach especially in that first turtles game on the nes Welcome to the Ninja Turtles <laughs> podcast, y'all. Uh, yeah, anyway. Mm. Well, yeah, you look just like a turtle in Lightfall. <laughs> Ninja did Turtle you, crossover with Destiny. TV. You have the Ninja Vanish uh, emote. Yeah, that's true. You know that? Yeah, I got that emote. <laughs> the, the Vanish one. Like when you like try to do the... You know, you try to vanish and you don't, don't vanish. vanish or whatever. Yeah, that's a jaywalking play right <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> <laughs> hey what i'm not even on void crap i'm curious destiny 2 just released king's fall and we're just getting ready for the master version of the raid <laughs> what, what? a little bit of a spoiler for what's to come at the next segment <laughs> of the show we're going to be talking about the twab updates in just a bit but before we do, I'm curious. How would you compare your experience playing King's Fall in Destiny 1 and playing King's Fall most recently in D2? Um, my answer is going to be long and rambly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, it was different for me from a sensory perspective because... I, I think I made a video on this actually. Um, it was, well, it's, shit. Last time I did King's Fall, you know, D1, uh, PS4, and what, 2615, I think. And uh, so smaller FOV. Um, some of my neuro- neurological problems were not as pronounced. Uh, and so going. First of all, it was beautiful. It, good God, it's beautiful in D2. Uh, but I was, I was really disoriented for most of the raid because of 
going from the PS4 FOV of what is it, 75, 65, something like that, to 105 mm-hmm. on PS5 um, with you know the updated graphics and colors and everything. Uh, you know, with ADHD, I struggle with it's called ob- object permanency. You know, and 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 if if something's not in the same place or, or in the same way, I don't recognize it. And so, the way I perceived the dreadnought in D one and the raid versus how it's laid out in D two. Now that I've done the raid a couple of times, it's it's better. But the first time, I was really disoriented. Uh, and uh, fortunately, I ran with you know my friends and a, and a really good team. Uh, who were fantastic uh, at being present for my my uh, my ADHD and and absence seizures and stuff. But uh, it, it, so I don't know if that's the answer you were looking for from a gameplay perspective. Man, it was God. It was just it's oh, it, it, mm, the feeling of being back in there. But it was special from a personal perspective too because it was the last raid I did before I disappeared into the abuse of marriage. So getting to do it again in D2 with Ice and Fanta on the other side of a suicide attempt was, it just doesn't get better than that <laughs> for me. Yeah, no, that's, that's really well said. And I didn't even consider, you know, the accessibility factor with, with the FOV that you mentioned, you know, being an impactful experience to your raid. <sighs> Now, would you say it was easier doing it before, or do you, would you say it's easier doing it now? I would say it's easier doing it now. Like now that, especially now that I'm, now that I'm oriented, like for example, like uh, when you are torn between realms uh, during uh, Sisters and Oryx, I, I call it Sisters, but I never remember if it's Sisters or Daughters, but um, I, I felt like that was easier. It, well, it was strange, right? Because I feel like those are easier to navigate for me now because with the wider FOV, I can see more of the room and see where I'm going. Uh, it was harder for me to do that in D1 because with the limited FOV, I just... And then that's another thing I've learned recently about my experience in Destiny, especially in Crucible when I just don't feel like I'm gelling. It's because I don't feel like I'm at one with my character in the space of the game. And now that I'm aware of that, when it actually happens, when I feel like I've clicked and I'm like one with my NPC in the game, like, good luck keeping up. (laughs) But that happens for me so rarely that it's... Like I'm always walking a tightrope. Makes sense. But no, it's, it's your point. Uh, and this is part of the accessibility conversation I wanted to have as well Is um, I didn't anticipate it either. Like I just was like, Hey, sweet. We get to run King's fall. I didn't even think about it, you know? And then we would go in and it was, they would, you know, I would be, and I asked my friends, you know, Hey, it's been a long time since I did this. And you know, I've got some memory holes now, thanks to trauma. And, and so could you refresh me on the encounters and they would be refreshing me and I would just be looking around going, where the fuck are we? Like, I know you're telling me where we are, but this is not where we are. And, and it, it was, of course, I wasn't saying that out loud, but I was so confused. Uh, and, uh, but that's why I wanted to talk about it because I didn't anticipate it either. Um, and so I thought, Hey, maybe, maybe there's other people out there who need to know this. <laughs> Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think that for for myself, um, I think the jumping is a lot easier this time around. And maybe it's because of the frames. Sure. Yeah, agreed. But I think the overall experience with jumping and just overall, it's been a lot easier and more manageable, I would say. 
than before. I would agree with that. Um, plus, I, everything feels more fluid now than it did back then. Sure. Um, although, I will say it wasn't as special doing it now because getting the clear the first time mm. ever, I think that was a little bit more special because we've never done it before. And I think it was also more challenging based on the more limited FOV and the frames and, you know, just overall just doing something for the first totally. time. Totally. Nothing like it. You remember seeing orcs for the first time? Holy crap. <laughs> it's like the fact that he doesn't like lag anymore when he slams on the plate. And, and, you know, well, you know what I tried doing? I tried jumping at him thinking like maybe, you know, there's a crypt spot that I can just jump on him and get on his belly or something. Didn't work, but you know, but I tried. tried. But he could be uber dick sometimes though and shoot you. I like he I feel like he shoots you more on when you're on the plate like he did in D like more than he did in D1. Yeah. Like, it's like damn. Rajinsu, <laughs> what's up buddy? Good to see you. Before we talk about accessibility in video games a little bit more. I'm curious Jay, what is next for you in your journey as a content creator, as a Destiny player? You know, this, I mentioned earlier that the first few years after my attempt, first couple of years were just the hardest. And then something shifted for me psychologically around New Year's 2020, I would say. And it's just been, you know, keep going to therapy, keep working on self, keep growing and pushing. And, and it, it's to see stuff start to come to fruition <clears throat> this summer has been like with the community focus and then being here on the show. And I've also got a podcast with uh, the uh, fibro.org about fibromyalgia. Uh, that's, that's, yeah, I think it's supposed to go live soon. Um, and then a lot of, you know, it's, it's, I can't tell you what it means to me because like I said, for a long time after, you know, when I just, I was just, it's just me in my bedroom, you know, doing my thing. And uh, and it's not the most ideal <laughs> living situation, but I've made it work. And um, so for all this stuff to be happening right now, it's just it's a dream come true. And, and it's and it's it's kind of funny, too. Right. Because like I was right right before all this happened, I was right in the middle of revamping my setup back in my office uh, back east and really trying to get everything prepared behind the scenes to really produce and push even harder uh, in the directions that I want to go. And then all this stuff started happening. And then, you know, my best friend collapses, uh, which actually that's what happened first, you know, and then all the stuff started happening while I was out here. Cause I remember when I, once I got out here, I posted to Twitter. I was like, all right, no more content while I'm out here. <laughs> 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 and it was, uh, I don't know. I was talking to a friend on Twitter one day and I was like, you know, I, it occurs to me that maybe my feet already hit the ground running. And so instead of, being like, no, wait, I, I need to, I need to do some more prep. I was like, shoot. All right. Well, you know, I, I feel like I've already seen the worst in my life and, and been to the darkest places. So it's like, this is for fun now. Not in like a flippant way, but like, and I'm going to enjoy the ride and I'm going to try and spread as much of that fun around as I can along the way. Like I really believe in the whole uh, rising tide lifts all boats, you know, and 
making room for at the table for everybody. And that's that's what I want to do on the way, you know, and, and I, but I have big dreams. And it's weird because just a couple of years ago. I didn't have any hope for the future anymore. And. Like now I do. <laughs> now I do. So I think it's a fitting transition to talk a little bit about accessibility in a bit more depth before we talk about the Bungie Weekly Update. It's going to be a spicy one this week, Guardians, so I hope you're ready. And Guardians, we're going to move on to some more Destiny 2 conversations, but today we're going to be talking also about accessibility in just a bit more depth. We have our good friend Jay Walking Games on the show, and we're going to talk a little bit more about accessibility. And Jay, I know that we talked a little bit off camera uh, about your career as an oncologist, and I'm curious, right? how did that all come about as far as you wanting to go into pediatric oncology? And I'd love to learn a little, little bit more about sure. that. Sure. Hey, thanks for asking. It's really an honor to get to talk about that part of my life because that, yeah. Um, so when I was a kid, I was seven years old. I was in the hospital for like two weeks with a really bad multiviral infection um, that I think set me up for some of the chronic illness stuff that I have now, but that's neither here nor there. I had a a male nurse that took care of me. Um, His name was Sanford and he carried a presence with him uh, that was so like he was present, you know, and he just oozed like compassion and understanding. And he was there with me Uh, no matter what the procedure was, no matter what was happening, no matter whether I was delirious out of my skull with fever. Uh, and that really impacted me. And I remember thinking, man, I'd love to do that one day. Um, and then a few years later, well, my first grandfather passed away of cancer when I was four. And then my other grandfather passed away when I was 11 of cancer. And so I remember hearing the word oncology a lot related to cancer. And I remember thinking, and it'd be kind of cool to, well, not cool, but I remember thinking, I, I kind of like, maybe I want to go in that direction. And yeah, I did a lot of jobs once I grew up, but it took me a while to find my dreams again. But once I did, it was like, yo, yeah. And that's, that's when I went in that direction. I can talk more about that. I just that's want to really, yeah, give you the short version first. <laughs> that's really inspiring. Yeah. Um, and now are you currently studying to become a pediatric oncologist or where are you currently at with your um, journey with that? You know, I guess never say never. Uh, I've considered, I guess, that part of my journey over. Um, but that probably came as, you know, something that I felt like I had to accept once my diagnosis happened. Um, I was on track to, I was a nurse assistant uh, and I was, I'd taken like two years worth of prerequisites. I was working a full-time job. I was married and I was going to school at night to get all the prereqs done to get into nursing school. Uh, and I completed everything. Uh, I had worked at the hospital for like three years, two years in oncology. Um, and which, man, yeah, best just, it, they, you know, they say, find a, a job you love. You'll never work a day in your life. It really was like that. I mean, it was long shifts, 12, 13 hour shifts pediatric oncology. So I mean, it was tech, you know, it was, but it felt like a sacred duty. And, uh, yeah, so I was on track to get the RN and then I was plans to 
bachelor's and then go master's. Uh, but it was in the middle of all that. I, I got divorced and for my first wife who is, we're, we're friends again, 10 years later, we're, we're friends again. Uh, and, um, but we got divorced and my health tanked and I took a leave of absence from the hospital and I've had a conversation with, uh, well, I lost some kids along the way. And, and you know, I, working in oncology, I, I, there were a lot of kids I got to cheer across the finish line. And there were some that I, uh, you know, went to a lot of funerals. And um, by the time I took a leave of absence, I had plans to go back, but I lost one of, one of the last, one of the last kiddos I took care of had a freak accident uh, during recovery. Uh, like just, it was like the rarest instance of some, bone marrow thing uh and she just died suddenly like like my colleagues called me they i was already on a leave of absence they were like hey we know you're on a leave of absence but you know so and so stroked out tonight you should probably come to the icu because she's not going to make it and i went down and and yeah we were all there and i went to her funeral and i don't know that something i don't know i felt like something died in me that day um, I'm, I feel like I've got like lit that ember again and, uh, I actually have some, uh, some art in mind for her, uh, because sunflowers was her thing. And <laughs> now that that's in destiny, <laughs> but, uh, that, that was, I couldn't go back after that. And of course I also didn't realize that I was suppressing a lot of trauma from just my life. And, and so I was, I was a wreck for a long time after that. And, uh, just never went back. Can't even imagine. You know, it makes you really appreciate life and, and what we have just to have gratitude. Definitely. Right. And I, I think that's why so important with, um, everything that we're doing with St. Jude um, is they do so much for, for children who are in these difficult situations that we don't normally re realize as we go about our days. Like we take for granted so much in life mm. that other people just struggle with. And it, it's tough, right? Because like you wish you were there for everyone, but it's impossible, yeah, right? For sure. But it's great to, you know, have an organization like St. Jude to really support kids. Absolutely. And that's why like I I admire what they do and it was such a honor for them to like be like, Yeah, let's let's do this together and, and let's promote this awesome cause that's happening the entire month, right? Like it's it's important and i i know that the pause started because of um a child who died from cancer and i think it was like a father who posted on a destiny facebook group about the whole story right. about how their child was going through i believe it was bone marrow yeah. cancer and 
the child didn't make it and in their honor they just wanted for everyone to wear gold you know it's such a yeah. cool thing where everybody just shows some gold in in honor and memory and to support this important cause and, and awareness around definitely. it definitely yeah that really moves me for sure it's never an easy topic to transition from, but um, I'm curious in the world of video games, how do you feel that companies are currently representing things like accessibility? So I'm going to answer that probably with a disclaimer. I still have a lot to learn. Uh, so I, I don't I, like <laughs> I'm not educated enough to have an opinion, I guess. Uh, but I'll tell you what comes to mind. Um, just as I've been slowly paying attention over the last few years, obviously, since we're here on the Destiny podcast, I'll talk about Destiny. Uh, you know, and I've been on both sides of the coin. You know, like I said, you know, the first couple of years on Twitter, I was a wreck and I was, you know, I was an asshole sometimes. Uh, I was an asshole to Bungie help Twitter sometimes uh in fact when liana reached out to me for the community focus i was like hey before i answer any of your questions uh i promised myself that if i ever had a chance to talk to any of the cms at bungie could you please pass on my apologies on this date here's what happened here's why it happened but that doesn't really matter uh I don't think we're doing enough. I think we can do better. I think there are companies that are trying. I do see that Bungie is trying. What I was trying to say is when in my darker days, I was like, are you guys trying? But then when they, when, when Drew, uh, I forget his, his ad, but his, I think it's Drew. I forget his name. Is it Tucker? He's one of the accessibility leads there at Bungie. I reached out to him about the flash at the end of Lake of Shadows. And he actually responded. I was like, wow. And then I started getting to know, uh, you know, uh, Dirty F and Hippie and, and finding out that she was accessibility at Bungie. Um, and now with some of the, the communications that I've had and, and, and the things that I'm seeing in game, like they told, they both told me, and this is what I appreciated early on. They were like, yeah, we're making changes, but there's still a long way to go. And they were honest about that. And so like, I, I think it's a, a really big ship to turn, uh, but I feel like we are at a moment in history where now's the time to turn it. And, and I, I see, I feel like I've got a greater appreciation for Bungie's long ranging vision of destiny, uh, especially since being purchased by Sony. And I feel like the, the, the things that can be done for accessibility and destiny uh, and then hopefully bleeding out to the industry as a whole would just be fantastic. And then just a quick shout out to lady Devan over at Bethesda. She's their CM for, I think fallout 76. Um, I don't interact with her a whole ton, uh, but she's she's I reached out to her when I found the, the wheelchair in Fallout uh, and and she was just so sweet about it. And uh, we've talked about accessibility a little bit here and there on the timeline. And, and she's she's always been uh, easy to talk to about that kind of thing on the timeline. So I, I appreciate that. Uh, but I think we do have a long way to go because it's it sounds cliche to say, but you never think it's going to be you. Right. You know, and disability, it, it doesn't have to be, it, it's, it can just so many things, you know, like I used to be a, a drummer in a gigging band. I ran 14 miles a week. I worked three days a week, you know, at the hospital. I was married. I went to school. I was active. And this illness took me to my knees. All the ways that I thought that I was strong, it found all of those places and knocked me into the dirt. And I mean, there are illnesses out there that can do that to people. And And the thing is, that's scary to hear, right? Because shit that's not gonna happen to me but it happened to me and 
if, if 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 video games had become completely inaccessible to me during that really dark time, I might not still be here. So aside from everybody should be able to game, like, and I plan on doing a, a, a I don't know, probably a series of videos on this, but like on the whole, it's just a game because I've even thought that it's just a video game. And sure, sometimes in the right context, yeah, it is just a game, but it's so much more than that, isn't it? So, yeah. <laughs> it's very well said. And, you know, most people think, oh, it's just a game, but sometimes a video game can mean right. a lot, a lot more than what it appears on the surface. And I'll go one further and argue with anybody these days that video games are totally a form of art. I said what I said. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think video games are probably the biggest form of art, if you think about for it. Real. Like, they create art books for almost every video game. And why? Because... Think about all the art. disciplines that go into making a game. It's the most interactive form of medium that we yeah. have, right? That's cool. <laughs> I think video games are cool. So, I know, Jay, pretty recently you were featured by mm. Bungie on a little thing called the Community Focus. <laughs> and I'd love to learn a little bit more about that and how that experience came about. I, I feel like I have to say, you know what? This is the truth, though. It came about because of all of you out there, you know, listening, watching, whether you're listening right now or in the future, whenever it's because of y'all. I mean, and I think said this to Leanna, I was like, you know, I've done a lot of behind the scenes work for the focus part of the community focus, but it's all y'all out there in the community that made it happen. Like, because especially over the last couple of years, just by virtue of the stuff that I was going through medically, I kind of really had to just put my head down and work on stuff. And, and I kind of backed off of social media. I wasn't like, I was still active, but not as active as I usually am or used to be. And, and I kind of went into head down mode hardcore like just across the board and so over the i think it was over the spring um i don't know you know i, I would fi occasionally find myself in threads on twitter uh not that i was added i mean sometimes i was but it was usually i was talking about how awesome somebody else was and then a few of my friends started like talking about me and I was like, yo, I, I appreciate it. And it was like, it was affirming to hear, but I was still in head down mode. So it was like, whatever. And then the next thing I know, I'm getting a message from, uh, Leanna saying, Hey, I, I, you know, here we are. And I'm just like, yo, and it's been just phenomenal experience. Just wow. The greatest experience of my post attempt life for sure. Just in so many ways. It's really cool that, you know, a video game that we've been playing for such a long time that we can have some kind of a relationship with the people who make it and just to be able to say thank you, right? Like that's a basic thing that is such a cool way to commemorate that, yeah. right? Absolutely. And I, I think that Bungie as a company, they do such a good job to support the community and so many important causes in this community. And just overall, you know, through the donation drives and all of the awareness efforts and 
everything that Bungie does that supports so many different causes from accessibility to just players like you and me, right? Like just yeah. gamers. And I think that's really, really admirable of them to do. And it's really cool that, you know, you were given that chance to share who you are with the community. I am blown away. I am like, I have legit just been filled with gratitude and it's been a humbling experience. It's been validating. It's been a lot of things. Um, and to be given the opportunity, yeah, to share my story on a personal level is insanely gratifying. And then, but it feeds into that purpose that I feel again of, you know, making a difference. And that's what it's all about. (laughs) Making a difference. I love it. And is there anyone in this community that you want to call out who has done a great job at accessibility and supporting the effort? Yeah. Um, Lord, I can think of a few people, but yeah. So I'm thinking first, and I've tutored their horn on Twitter a lot. Um, Vertigo Vixen, Sarah over at V4V and her crew, uh, specifically. So there's Sarah. She's the pack leader, you know, the Vertigo Vixen. She was community focused. Has she been on your show? I'm not sure if she has or not. Um, I would recommend her to you guys. She is like, so she chains, silent step, uh, aggressive. Uh, his name's aggressively mediocre, but he's anything but. Um, Mike, I think feel like I'm forgetting somebody, but. I raided with them when Vaulted Glass dropped and they they didn't know they were doing it. And and, and just just through raiding with them a few times since then and then getting to know them over the, the months uh, as people. They were like they do accessibility like in their sleep, like the, and to the, like, I say it a lot on Twitter it, to them. It's just a Tuesday night. But they like it was hard for me to get back into writing because I had PTSD flashbacks. I had anxiety had undiagnosed ADHD. Uh, or ADHD that I didn't understand. And, and so I was terrified to raid, absolutely terrified to raid again. And they made it easy. And then I realized they helped me overcome that. They're, they're a part of the reason that I'm here now. They would probably say, yeah, whatever. But like, for real, like that was a part of my healing and my real life. And like, so like they're part of my story now. Uh, so yeah, V for V is their clan. They do ton of helps uh, all the time. I've got people reaching out on YouTube now that I'm pointing in their direction. And then Mr. Jaume PM on Twitter, that's J-A-U-M-P-M. He is, I met him just, he was doing trials helps a couple of years ago on stream. He's become one of my best friends. Uh, and I raided with him King's Fall. Uh, and he had a way of anticipating uh, what was happening with me, with my disorientation. He didn't know he was doing it, but I told him after the fact, uh, he too anticipates and has a heart for accessibility. And so that's, I would, both of them, there's other people I would shout out just for being awesome people. But as far as accessibility go, that's yeah, for sure. I'm sure there's other people, but like I said, I'm still learning. (laughs) Well, thank you for now, opening up tonight and sharing your story and sharing this really important uh, part of our community and raising awareness around accessibility. I think it's really important and 
it's great that we had the chance to discuss this. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And Guardians, we have one more thing to talk about tonight. We have a weekly update from Bungie. And Liana had some interesting things to share tonight on the show. Well, she's not on the show, but we're going to be talking about some things. We're going to be talking about some Crucible things tonight. We're going to be talking about the Master Raid, and apparently it's supposed to be pretty difficult, so we'll have to wait and see. We have some updates from the security team about recent bans, and a few more things like Fall Guys and some Crucible changes that Liana shared. And we're going to kick things off with the Bungie Weekly Update, and we are hopefully ready for master mode in King's Fall. <laughs> that is coming really soon. Uh, we're also having some updates on the Iron Banner uh, that we recently had. I don't know if you both had a chance to play Iron Banner this past week. I uh, I didn't get a chance to play. I was having some seizure issues, but I watched a ton of uh, streams. And uh, once I figured out what was going on, I thought it was hilarious to watch. <laughs> yeah. It reminded me of like uh, Halo with the Juggernaut, like um, the Juggernaut in Halo, like yeah. hard to kill. You got you know, run around and the guy's got like a super yeah. overshield and reloading fast and everything. You I know, it's that like, great. it was it was kind of cool. It was a nice, nice new take on what they a game. Yeah. So it was I saw people running as a pack a lot more, which I thought was fitting. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> He, and people were hiding yeah. too. <laughs> like people were either the radar was deceptive or something. I'm like looking on the radar. I was like, where the hell is this person? Like, and they were like above me somewhere. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I played and it was fun and um, got some loot. Uh, drops were pretty good. I noticed they moved the, uh, instead of doing the bounties, they moved the pinnacles into the actual activity. Like you would accomplish the first set for the first pinnacle. And then it would say one, one out of four, two out of four, three out of four, four out of four. So I didn't get all the way to the last pinnacle, but I play, I think I got like two or three pinnacles. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I played a few matches. I didn't get to play a whole lot. I was pretty busy. I, I spent most of my Destiny gameplay playing the raid. <laughs> but I did get a chance to check out Iron Banner. I thought it was interesting, right? But part of me still kind of missed the old yeah. Iron Banner. Right? So I wished we almost had like the option between the two. Cool. But... Yeah, right. I wouldn't mind the rift next time because I I would I would freelance the rift do uh do a freelance like I like I go in freelance because I can't find a team yeah. of six to play with and stuff. So I like the fact that they have freelance. So I think doing rift fr freelance through Iron Banner would totally be pretty cool. Put on my night stalker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, and I mean it was fun. But 
we did get some insights from Liana this week Let's about go. Iron Banner, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But before we do, I do want to share some interesting notes from the security team that we got. And uh, the security team had a chance to share some information about some recent things that occurred. Have you both heard about any recent bans that took place? I saw some screenshots on the timeline maybe a couple of weeks ago, but I've, I've been uh, not really. So. I haven't. And I quote, they said that this is one of the largest bands in Destiny no. history. So it was pretty, pretty massive. A lot of people got, you know. Oh, so it was like a band wave, huh? Cheaters? Yeah. There was well, cheaters? It was, it was interesting what they, what they stated. Um... Because, like, here's what they say. Some people whose accounts were banned have said they don't remember cheating. When we investigated those cases, we often find that they gave their accounts to someone else to play the game for mm. them. We again remind everyone that you must protect your account and do not use account recovery services. Iron, wait, people were doing recoveries for Iron Banner? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it was for Iron Banner specifically because they did not date. But like, I hope that there is a. Let me put it this way: I hope they don't ban someone who did something two seasons ago, right, or three seasons ago. That like, because to me. They're just policing for no reason at that point. Like, I understand if somebody cheated, whatever. But if it was like in the last 60 days, fine. But if it happened a year ago and they're chasing after people who have done something a while back, to me, that's kind of a waste of time. Sure. And also, like, it's just a video game. So, like, I understand you shouldn't be cheating in like PvP. But if they're chasing after people who are doing recoveries to like, and I'm not saying you should be doing recoveries, but I definitely don't think that you should get your account banned because either somebody did a recovery for you or you did a recovery. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think that's a, a bannable offense or should be a bannable offense. Sure. Any thoughts? Am I the only one? Well <laughs> No, I don't. I, I don't think it should be. Um, like, I, I think there are certain things that should be secured against, and I think that certain aspects of the game will affect your player experience. As an example, if let's say someone is lag switching, and everybody gets disconnected. And you win the match, and that's how you win your matches. You should get banned sure. for that. Absolutely. There should I be. I mean, no I feel I got spawn killed in certain maps, but you know, I I don't know if there was any funny business happening oh, like there. I don't because, know. I don't because I was going in freelance. I was going in solo. It was I wasn't going into the normal Iron Banner. I was going into the freelance version. So I, I don't know, like my my feeling is that they're trying too much now to police things that while I don't agree with, but I don't think 
an account recovery or let's say if somebody's doing your weeklies for you, right? Should you get banned for that if somebody does your weeklies because you didn't have time? Like, let me give you an example. Um, in Destiny 1, I got, I got my friend into Destiny, right? And he didn't have time to finish his missions because, like, it, it was almost reset, but I had the time to stay up and I wanted to keep playing. So I logged onto his account to just keep farming sure. for shit, right? Should I get banned? Well, I feel like I don't think so. I mean, I, I feel like I'd have to give two answers to that. Like, you know, if you're just, totally, no, I don't think you should be banned. If you're just farming for something, like, you, what you're farming for just materials or farming for right, loot? But, I mean, and, and that actually, like in Destiny 1, I recall a time when, like, I got my friend into, into Destiny and there wasn't enough time for him to farm enough materials to buy some exotic. The next day because you needed to acquire certain materials in order to buy things or maybe it was like iron banner it was a while back yeah, in Destiny One. but like you remember those days right like but i don't know i think that there are certain things that absolutely should be bannable offenses and while i don't agree with recoveries i i, I don't necessarily see how it negatively impacts the user's experience whether somebody else has let's say you know a crucible weapon right like so what right in my opinion i mean it's so what maybe others might think differently and that's I totally wish fine, there was more right? and, and this is like I, i'm not an engineer right and, and i'm so this isn't this isn't a uh this would be a simple fix because i don't think it would be a simple fix but i think that uh I wish there was more specificity with the way they detect and, and do certain things. Cause yeah, like it's like in that case or, or like, you know, you know, I, I don't know your kid wants to play on your account or, or you play on theirs to get them something or whatever. You know what I mean? Like there's certain situations where it's like, you know, come on, but then account recoveries, as far as like, if they're cheating, sure. And I've heard some fairly compelling, compelling arguments for how recoveries disrupt the, the PVP pool, but that's still subjective. So but I guess that's my my second answer is, I guess you know they reserve the right based on their TOS to to do what they do. Uh, but you know the, the 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 question of should it be that way? Eh, I think it's a good debate to have. Bungie also mentioned something really interesting during their twab, and they said that. Our mission is to protect players from cheating and enable players to experience the game as its talented designers intended. We want to prevent cheaters from being able to ruin the experience for legitimate players, whether that be directly in competitive PvP activities or indirectly via boosting or making new burner accounts. And bringing them into endgame content like trials. Okay. Gotcha. So the PvP aspect, I very much like, yes. You should not go into PvP. And if if there was any type of, you know, cheating, that should be completely removed from the game. Sure. 
Now, what exactly do they refer to as boosting? Sure. <laughs> what, is, what is that? I'm not what hip enough to know what that means. <laughs> Adam, do you know what boosting means? I'm going to Google it. Boosting? That means, like, manipulating, like, in some fashion, I guess. You're manipulating. Is farming the loot cave considered boosting? Oh, oh I see. Or let me give you another example. Farming the grasp of Malak. Continuing to kill the boss within seconds and keep farming it. Is that considered boosting? I don't know. I, I legit don't know. I, 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 you know. The way that they describe it to me, it's like. Leaves room for error. Or I don't know. I, I thought they could have used a little bit more care. Whereas this communication just came off like, well, you're just going to play the game the way that we want you to. And that's it. And to me, it's like, that's not the most fun way to experience the game. Let me give you an example. I had some of the most fun during Crota's End when we pretty much uh, did things that were not intended yeah. by the game designers at all. Mean. Like the war yeah. of the last person that, that, that respawned. So, like, if everyone did that, should we all get banned? Yeah, the boosting definition that I they're mean, like, referring I mean, like, to, the, 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 you is, know, or like, or like farming grasp of Malik is that you're stealing something? You're robbing something? You're shot? You know, you're, is that you're, boosting? You know, like, is that really? I mean, is that really the system that we want to build versus allowing you to experience the game and explore the game in ways that you want? I don't think because, it is because if you paid for it, you're not stealing. You're like you're not stealing anything, right? right. And like you're, if just, you're, you're if playing you're it in a different matter. If you're affecting the experience for other players, that's one thing. Yeah. But just because you have something that you know someone else doesn't, that that's not in. That's not, you know, so they really need to clarify the word boosting. Cheating in the game to um, manipulate the code. Yeah, absolutely. Like that should be, or like the IP address. Absolutely. Because then you're stealing. You're actually. But finding a way, but finding yeah. a way to like either leverage what the game, what's built in the game whether it was intended by the game developers or not, I think that should be perfectly acceptable and fine. I mean, think about this. How did we all beat Riven, right? So <laughs> should everyone now get banned because we're now going into an invisible wall oh, right. where we get teleported? Is that considered playing the game against how the developers designed it? You know what sucks is I still haven't done that the legit way either. Yet. <laughs> like that Me neither. Me neither. I haven't either. <laughs> you know, so yeah, so I, I have some issues with the security team with this and like I don't know. Like that's like even even like well our talented designers intended this. So it's like, well, I get they're talented. Why are you mentioning that during an update about the security stuff? It's like I don't want to say it comes off with a very arrogant tone, but it comes off with a very, like, it's my way or the highway tone. And I feel like there needs to be a more open communication about it. 
because let me let me give you an example. If my friend just asked me, hey, um, I can't do my weeklies. Do you want to do some strikes for me? Why the why should I not be able to do that? First off, sure. like, am I considered like doing recoveries at that point? You know, and that goes back to, let's say, even like the whole accessibility stuff, right? Like, let's say if there's something that's really challenging for me, like, let's say the jumps, there's a jump that you can get some things. So I ask my friend to help me. Does that mean I'm, I'm ruining the experience for anyone in any way? Like, if you went back to D1 right now, could you farm Omnigal like we did in D1 with uh, tethering and the sword and killing her before, you know, she gets up to their thing? and stuff and i mean can you still do that in d1 can you still farm um, for grasp I'm of sure can. i'm not sure did they change that ever i'm not sure i i'm curious like, i kind of want to go back and just find out like just do an experiment one day <laughs> yeah corn we're gonna have to do an experiment in d1 um but it's gonna be interesting to see if if we can or we can't but you know it's a it's not a simple conversation and i know that you know there's there's going to be a lot of people who may not agree but you know there i think pve should be a little bit more lenient i don't care if it's end game or not and like even the fact that they mentioned trials how often does trials even come around anymore comparatively speaking you know? yeah come on it, it's barely even around so like why is trials the thing we're talking about here you know, I, I just think their approach is. I don't agree. I just don't agree. I, I think that cheaters in PvP, absolutely. But I think that they are focusing a little bit too much on the recovery side. And I don't know. That's just my opinion. Let people sure. do. You know, we got a couple more things to dive into <laughs> besides the rant on. Uh, boosting that scared shadow away, <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> We're going to talk about something that he actually would want to talk about. Uh, we have Iron Banner, and we have some information about the latest Iron Banner. Apparently, we had Eruption this past week, and Bungie is noticing a consistent number of players across all days, and even an increase on the weekend and the number of hours played per week over the previous uh, day continued to increase. The goal was to have the changes in Iron Banner either to lower the barrier of entry and to widen the funnel for players to participate in the Iron Banner event. So essentially, they wanted more people to play and more people to have access. And that was their goal, and that they also noticed an, an issue or a bug with showdown points. Uh, they were being awarded for each damage participant. It was not intended and is causing a larger swing in team scores than it was intended. And Bungie is currently investigating the issue and we will keep you all posted on that. Any thoughts on Iron Banner this past week? I know you didn't get a chance to play, but you did watch yeah. some videos. The, I, I mentioned it briefly before 
one of the things I noticed uh, was that you actually had people, even if you were playing with blueberries, running together as a pack. Like, you know, it wasn't as cohesive if you weren't with a stack, but I mean, I remember complaining back in the day. It was like, man, it would be great if there was a way to teach randoms how to play to objective, how to play as a team. And like, like I saw people doing it and it was like, wow, that's cool. How did they pull that off? Uh, so I thought that was, that was kind of a neat thing, but I, I like the concept of it and, and seeing some of my friends when they would pop off and become, you know, the juggernaut, <laughs> that was, that was so cool. <laughs> Yeah, so I, you know, and I got a chance to play it a little bit. I thought it was okay. You know, I wasn't crazy about it. It almost felt like um, Spark. Remember you'll Spark? Have to rem I remember the name, but I don't remember how that played. It, it was kind of like one person grabs the Spark, and then you have to like oh, go like and Rift dunk it. Or... Gosh, okay. Kind of like Rift, yeah. I'll tell you what. What what kind of has yeah. a, a sour taste in my mouth right now, though, is. I like that they're experimenting with new modes. Like I and like isn't even a strong enough word. I love that they're experimenting with new modes. Um, I just don't know if Iron Banner is the place to do it. Is I always loved Iron Banner, even when I sucked at Crucible. Um, and with the music and just Saladin's dialogue and everything. Uh and now it's like it's kind of become the seasonal rotator. And it's like, mm, I don't know. I just that just I feel like Iron Banner deserves more than that. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I think you took the words mm. right out of my mouth. I was thinking the same exact thing because how long has the game been out? Yeah. Right? Eight years of Iron Banner and they still have no freaking clue about what they're doing. They're just experimenting and they're going on feedback based on, oh, well, more people are playing this week, so let's keep doing this. And it's like, that's it seems so misdirected like like it seems like they have such a lack of focus and direction and they're just trying things and for me iron banner is a very specific game mode that i sure. enjoy playing and from changing how frequently yeah. you get iron banner to rotating between Iron Banner and Trials and just... It, it feels like they have no sense of direction when it comes to the Crucible. Sure. Like, and it's, it's frustrating for me as not a primarily a Crucible player, but I can only imagine how frustrating it would be for someone who does sure. play Crucible more. Yeah. You know? It's like they've had more than enough time, and it's like it seems to me like they're putting more focus on their microtransactions, fall guys, and all of their cross-promotional efforts than they are at the, with the core game. And it's like, fix the Crucible. Yeah. You know? I, I would say fixing the Crucible is more important than an in-game LFG. Yet, what are we prioritizing? Sure. Well, here? I don't... I I would probably counter that by saying that, uh, I, and first I sympathize because like that's been that's been a pain point in the community I think for a long time, and I've I've been on on that side of the argument too. Um, 
and and let me first say that I think, especially from the standpoint of what you just said, is like it it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel fun. That's huge, and the optics of it are huge, and the optics around Crucible, like, because a lot of what I was gonna say, I'm like, well, it's just really speculation on my part. Like, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, uh, and I do think there's more moving parts than we realize. But the optics of it, yeah, I mean, it sure, yeah, it, it doesn't look great. Uh, like I remember when they announced the uh, renewed focus on Crucible, and then Trials revamp launched and then there were all the memes about half baked and all that stuff and 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 I, I heard people talking for a long time after that about how where was the renewed focus and I'm like and I wasn't trying to be rude or memeing at this point I was like that was the renewed focus y'all it was bringing trials back it wasn't necessarily bringing it back the way that you wanted it it was just bringing it back <laughs> and and I have hopes you know, for the future, maybe after Final Shape, maybe maybe they do shore up because I haven't read much lately about the tech and what they said about you know the upcoming tech and stuff. But whether they relaunch Destiny or launch Destiny Three or continue Destiny Two, uh, you know, on some new technology, um, something's got to change. Yeah, cause I went hard in PvP for a while, and yeah, part of the reason I don't play as much anymore is is because of my accessibility stuff. But part of the reason is because it's just it's not. It, I can't say for this season because the few times I went in, it was fun. But but like last season, the last few seasons, yeah, it's it's been it's been rough. It's not fun anymore. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm, I'm sure they're trying. I'm sure that there are you know efforts being put into it, but it just feels like it's not enough, and it's not being focused on well, the sure. right things. And I can understand also the frustration right. of like you said of of especially from the outside looking in, it's like, is there a direction? And if there is, can, can you share that with us? And, and a kind of a, a clear, <laughs> you know, precise way. Uh, I can understand that for sure. And, you know, hopefully things improve. Uh, I think that there are definite opportunities. Um, but I still have some concerns between the Vidoc that we got in August, the the showcase, they didn't really talk a whole True. lot about Crucible. They they talked a lot about, you know, the story and the PvE aspect, but it doesn't sound like there's a renewed focus on, on Crucible and you know, my fear is there. Yeah. It's that yeah. with Strand and I mean, you saw on the TWAB, they mentioned latency. I think the movement tech is going to break Crucible yeah. unless they do something about servers. Is latency that, and that, that's funny because, like, I remember even back when I started trying to improve at Crucible and Opulence, my entire grip, gripe with Crucible this entire time it's not the sandbox, it's not the meta, it's not weapons, it's not abilities, it's latency. When I, when I get frustrated in Crucible and want to rage out, it's because of peer to peer latency crap that happens. Uh, that just destroys my experience for the night, and then I'm done. And I'm like, if they could fix that, I'd play Crucible every night, all day. <laughs> yeah, I, I I used to have so much fun in the Crucible, you know, and I don't know what's changed. Maybe it's just the rewards feeling yeah, you know, I, same. Maybe it's yeah, the leveling system. Miss the pinnacles. 
I mean, it, it, it hasn't really changed, right? Yeah. There needs to be something. And I don't know if the direction that they're currently going in is the right one. But, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. And there's more good news. <laughs> I kid. <laughs> matchmaking times and skills. Uh, matchmaking increased by 15, by 10 to 15 seconds. It largely affected very highly skilled players and low skilled ah. players. And it should not affect the control experience. So I'm going to refer that. Um, snarky about the control like, experience this season. All right. Latency. Players matching in under a minute should see no changes in skill of players or connection. Quality. Players that take longer than a minute to match should see increased connection quality, but slightly wider skill selection of players. I'll say this. I am seeing people on my timeline say uh, that, especially people like who are like right around average or below average saying, hey, SBM feels really good to me. Please keep talking about this and keep experimenting. And I'm like, so that's cool. I agree with that. As far as connection and everything else goes, uh, people leaving lives and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Cool guys video about why it's not fun. More yeah. good news. Agree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And more good news. Twitter penalty. We have added control to the list of activities that can trigger the crucible <sighs> suspension system. What? <laughs> what? I'm sorry, what? Why? Is this like the official announcement of what's been in the game all week? Or No, no, it is. Uh, I, I'm just curious why that was made. Why? Let's see, what does it say? Get it. Yeah. Let me put it this way. I have a feeling, like, for me personally, I feel like if I'm in a match and I'm getting abolished in that match and my entire team is getting abolished, then I feel like the developers did not properly match the games where I'm having a fun experience. So if people are quitting because of that... Should the focus not be on how do we make this game more fun so people are not enticed to leave matches versus putting penalties on players yeah. who leave a match? Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, I mean, I understand in trials, but like, sure. In control? I think it kind of evidences the, the lack of direction. I, like, I've, I've quit matches before. I've quit matches before. I have no shame in saying that. There were matches where, like, literally, I'm getting zero kills same. and I'm getting farm trapped. Yeah, no, thank you. I'm out. Like, I'm not going to do that because my energy right. is worth more. My, my emotional well-being is worth more than a video game, right. period. You know, so, like, for them to put penalties on the people who are paying for their game, to me, it's just the wrong way to try to address a... I agree. I don't think punishment's the answer no matter what realm we're talking about. It's it should go back to <laughs> as goofy as it sounds, full circle being the change. But yeah, like I, I, I 
rather than focusing on punishing the player base, how about we improve game? And that's not meant as a fix your game bungo moment, but like, yeah, it's come on, especially in control. Really? <laughs> it's I, I don't understand. Maybe there's I don't data know, man. That like it says here, I'm like, missing. They're, they're going to separate the timer out but... and competitive, but it still says there's going to be a timer in control. And so I'm like, uh, hmm. Eddie K about that one, Chief. This, yeah, this really doesn't, it doesn't sit well. And if anything, I feel like this is going to encourage people to just not play. Yeah. Concur. You know, I mean, the, the little reason we have to play, they're removing it by implementing all of these changes but but they're not actually if making I may, from an better. accessibility standpoint you know I, I it takes a lot of energy energy for me these days to log into d2 and i don't mean that from like a shade perspective like i don't want to like it's like literally it takes a lot of energy and focus um and yeah. for me to log in and get into crucible and if i like had to like walk away because i was going to have a seizure or needed to use the bathroom or whatever just needed to take a minute and then got sent to orbit and then was banned for the next half hour that would be not good. <laughs> like that, that would not be good. It's unfortunate. And I really hope that Bungie rethinks their perspective on this, because I think that it is going to have some negative um, player feedback at the very sure. least based on these implementations and and they they did also note they had some increased weight for certain maps like disjunction cathedral of dust um full weight for fragment twilight gap rusted lands distant shore endless veil the fortress radiant cliffs pacifica altar flame javelin four widow's court vostok and eternity they are reducing weight for Bannerfall. I like Bannerfall. I enjoyed Bannerfall. Midtown, Exodus Blue, Wormhaven, and Burnout, and significant reduction for the Dead Cliffs. <laughs> and certain maps are being removed, including Anomaly, Cauldron, and Oh, no kidding. Oh, there's going to be a lot of people happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> And in the next patch, which goes live today on September 15th, they are lowering the weight of Disjunction and Cathedral of Dust by increasing the weight to full. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm curious, though, is the problem really with the maps? Or is the pro... I mean, in certain maps, yeah, right? But... Is the core problem for why people are playing less or more the actual maps or, or quitting? Or is it because something of else. something else? It's, yeah, exactly. Why are they quitting? That's the question that needs to be asked and answered. Right? So, like, it, it, and it, it seems to me like they're trying to make adjustments to, like, how often you're, you're getting the yeah. map in hopes that they will discourage people from quitting. 
but I think that's also being blindsided to what the real sure, core it's a problem is instead of a. That's a that's a concern to me. Like that's you know because I, I I think the maps are fine, but there are other things that are not even being discussed here that they need to really sure. address. You know, like let me give you an example. Like for me, I don't really enjoy playing crucible as much because i go in versus players who are just way 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 better than me to a point where i have no chance right. and i'm not having fun like it, it's just not and between that and the leveling system not having changed in how many years now like it's yeah. all the same and it, it seems like an endless just keep keep doing it again and again and again yeah. for what an emblem. I don't care. I don't care about your emblem. I have too many. I don't even have enough to keep them all on yeah. my character. You know, like there's not enough there's not enough space. Like so I don't know. So there's like an incentives issue. I wish it was better, but you know. That's all I got. But good news, Fall Guys meets Destiny. Uh, there is a match made in heaven, <laughs> according to Liana. Uh, just one of the many ways that Bungie is proving that the world of light and dark doesn't always have to focus on <laughs> the darkness. Sometimes there are beans, other times pirates and you are going to have a chance to get some cosmetic goodness in a crossover between Destiny and Fall Guys. They have a Warlock costume, a Titan what? costume, a Hunter costume, a spicy ramen celebration, a ghost <laughs> shell wardrobe. A ghost shell wearable. I don't know why I said wardrobe. I misread that. I like wow. that sometimes there are beans. Um, <laughs> That cracks me up. Huh. <laughs> I'm about to lose my beans. So I think it's a cool idea. What do you uh, think? I, I think it's I think it's cool. I mean, it's uh, uh, wow. You know it. Wow. It, you know, I, people can say what they want about the the. I don't know the you know monetization of the the franchise, but like I think it's cool to see Destiny spreading out into other franchises and saying, "Hey, we're still here." and by the way, we we're gonna be here, and so I think that's kind of cool. I think it's cool. I think it's it's. I think Bungie branching out, it's going to get more players in to the game. But my only concern, and I don't know if this is a real concern or not, because I don't know how much effort Bungie has to put in to make these things happen, but. If resources are taken away from the team to build a bigger and better destiny in order to make these little side projects happen, I would rather them build a bigger and better right. destiny. Because I think that Bungie, they still have not fixed destiny as a game where they're now focusing on so many other things where they're getting so spread. Like, they have this unannounced game they're working on, right? Clearly, they are putting at least right. some effort into it. They have something with NetEase. They were doing some mobile game. 
don't know if that's that unannounced project or it's something different. And they're doing the crossovers. And to me, it's like, it's cool. Don't get me wrong, but I need more things to chase right. in the game itself, right? Like the prime gaming rewards. And granted, maybe that's not the best example because I think they're reusing stuff that was already in the game to make rewards for that. But like the, the cosmetic things, it's like I wish these things were right. in the game itself. It, it, it's starting to feel now that Bungie is milking their consumers for as much as they can at every little corner without actually giving more value or the things that we want as players. Sure. You know, and, and it's sad to yeah. feel that way, but it, but I'm being honest, you know, I mean, that's how it feels because the content is more expensive, which is fine. I have no problem with that, but having to then separately pay for these dungeons now well for the 30th anniversary and all that all of these things now that like to me is just what do you what do you do like and it started during the 30th anniversary right because i was excited about Bungie's 30th right but i didn't expect for them to charge 25 dollars for a dungeon it kind of felt like it was pretty much a dungeon that you paid for because the other seasonal content was not part of that. It was free. So like what you were paying for yeah. was that dungeon. I was just, I was shocked you know, when that 30th anniversary, I'm sorry. That's how I just interrupt you. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's totally fine. It's totally fine. Um, but yeah, it was a bit of a shocker. And, and I think that they have been getting, they're not getting better about that. And, you know, I'm okay with paying for content for paying for the game, but give us at the very least the same amount of yeah. content, not like less. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. I mean, especially with, like you said, prices have gone up. A live service game, when you think about all the money you've already sunk into it over the years, it's to have content taken away is kind of like, you know, and then some fundamental issues still with the core game yeah i mean i think it's a valid uh pain point yeah uh my 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 counterpoint i guess is that if it was still just bungie i would so be on board with everything you just said <laughs> i feel like a lot of the crossover stuff that's happening is because of the sony acquisition you know so i don't oh, know yeah, if they're actually absolutely. sacrificing resources anywhere <laughs> but right. it, it would be good to have some more transparency on that, you know, for sure. Yeah, you know, I didn't think about that because they, they do have more resources now with Sony being there for the financial support and the backing and, and the resources and all that. So you're right. I, I think that does make things sure. easier. But like, I'm not seeing an accelerated rate of the game sure. getting better i'm seeing them hire more people on they're announcing things they're the showcase yeah. was really good you know minus the crucible but it's just like 
why are you people not hiring people for the crucible teams why are we not getting crucible into a shape that needs to be if you're putting all these efforts into all of these places it's like i i don't get i don't i don't know i don't know i don't know where the problem is maybe it's a leadership problem or if it's a just strategy and maybe it's just I, me yeah don't don't you know pigeonhole yourself yourself i think those are valid questions to to ask and it's good conversations to have uh and like you said i mean it's especially if you've been playing the game for a long time it's to see some of the same issues in game some of them get better some of them get worse some of them don't even get any attention yeah i mean it's these are valid questions to ask yeah i hope that life all can change the things and all that but i (laughs) i don't know i don't know me too it looks really fun yeah i mean i think on the pve side it's going to you know make some pretty interesting updates that will make the overall experience much better i'm a little worried about the pvp side because it it feels like it's been not getting abandoned but definitely treated as more of an afterthought since the since the game went free to play and i don't want for the crucible for for them as a strategic um point to be all about just getting people in the door so they can pay more for the pve stuff they're actually putting effort into because i'm not going to say that that's what it's becoming but it very much feels that way. And ever since the Crucible was announced as free to play, guess what? They stopped putting focus on it and they even admitted it. And I don't know how much has actually improved. It doesn't feel like a whole lot did. Yeah. In that sense, not with the Crucible. And I'm only talking about the Crucible because I think on the PVE side, yeah, the team is crushing it. But it's like, I'd rather them put efforts on teams that are building a better Crucible than building sure. their, their Eververse, you know? Yeah. The core game is more important. But yet, like, their Eververse store has been just ramping up. And it's like, fuck that. I don't want that. I want the yeah. game to be better. Yeah. No, don't be. Hey. Sorry. <laughs> it's your podcast. <laughs> That's right. I can cry if I want to. There we are. So Oryx, got some news about okay. Oryx. He's getting harder okay. to beat. He's going to become a tryhard pretty soon. Um, in addition to the news about Fall Guys, we also know that we have a new raid coming. <laughs> a new returning raid, right? Uh, King's Fall is going to be more challenging than ever before. And we can expect a new raid to drop on the 20th of September. And there are going to be new challenges. Very interesting. And according to Liana, 
it is going to be the most difficult challenge mode that we've played thus far. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a pretty bold statement, but it's going to be really interesting to see what this brings. We have new adept weapons and all encounters are set to 1600 power level. And the power cap will be plus 30. Wow. That's, uh, yeah. It sounds like it's going to be more difficult. Now, I'm, I'm curious if the new raid is going to consist of essentially an experience that we had during day one, or is it going to be something completely different that we have not done before? That's an exciting question. It's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Yeah. We will know pretty soon when Master Mode goes live. And I'm also wondering if the Touch of Malice will become a little bit more accessible during Master Mode. That would be nice. Um, They didn't mention anything about it, so I'm (laughs) going to guess no. Uh, But maybe down the road, or maybe it will. But we'll have to wait and see. And there was an update about a really, uh, really cool um, effort that the team did. It was for a friend oh, right. who passed away. He was the moderator, and he died nine months ago. And his name was. Seraphim Crypto, and they made a emblem in his honor, and they're sharing it with the community. So I think that's a really nice thing for them to do. Uh, so kudos on that, and and um, condolences to anyone who knew uh, this individual. And um, it's always sad to hear about someone yeah. passing. So definitely sad uh, about that. We have movies of the week. Uh, I haven't had a chance to watch the movies, but we do have some new movies that were showcased. We have Ezox and Alex. Congratulations to both of you on being uh, chosen as winners. And we had Artists of the Week. And that's about it. That was the update. So we do have a tradition on the show, Jay, where we rate the weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls between (laughs) one and five. One being really bad, stay away, and five being that was bomb. I'm curious, Jay, what would you rate this week's Bungie weekly update? I'm a solid three. Maybe a two and a half. <laughs> right in the middle for me. <laughs> you are really, really I've been generous told <laughs> today. So I'm going to. I hate to do it because I love Liana. It's great. <laughs> I have a lot of respect for her. I do too. <laughs> I, I well, clearly, right? But 
I, I think this update was probably one of the least favorite. Uh, it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. I don't know. I think Bungie was very, um, they could have done more. I was really disappointed with this update from the security team. I, I just, I don't understand their approach. Don't. And between that and the things about the crucible, I just felt like, and we didn't even see what the King's Fall weapons would even look like. So we didn't even see what the yeah, adept weapons totally were. Totally didn't realize like that until just then. So like, and maybe I guess like I can see the sense of surprise in that, but like, I don't know. It just, I'm going to give it a one. Help me. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fair. It feels like Bungie is kind of tone deaf with what the real problems are. And sadly, I think part of it was, I think something happened this summer where some community managers were attacked. I don't remember what the details were, but something happened. And I think ever since then, the team has been closed, you know, about right. their reveals or really anything really sure. uh, they, they have not been as open uh and i don't know if i like that direction like i love the fact that all of these great content creators are being showcased and spotlighted but also like don't forget what the game is about like we we don't read these updates just for that we also want for there to be exciting sure. updates about the game and I, I don't, I don't know. I wish that I could have given it more, but I'm going to give it a one. One spicy tuna roll. Unfortunately, this week. One spicy tuna roll. Nothing spicy at all today. Salty tuna roll. Salt. <laughs> salty tuna roll. Okay. I'm going to give it one salty tuna roll. <laughs> <laughs> extra salt <laughs> oh man so jay wow what an awesome awesome time with you tonight i can't believe we were podcasting know, right? for now three hours <laughs> i was like hey what, when did it get dark <laughs> what a what an experience but thank you so much for joining tonight and for sharing your amazing story for so many great conversations now before we let you go where can the Guardians learn uh, more about you? Thanks so much for having me. It means the world to me that you've shared my story and given me a chance to, to tell it. Um, I am everywhere except for Twitter. I'm jaywalking underscore games. That's uh, Twitch, Instagram, and TikTok. On Twitter, because of character limits, I'm at jaywalking games. One word. Very cool. And Guardians, you can find the Destiny Show podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and every major platform. Really appreciate you all tuning in tonight. So many great conversations about the important topics from Destiny to accessibility to ADHD and everything in between. I had a blast. Jay, thank me. you so much for joining us tonight. And we can't wait to hang out more in the tower and guardians. You can find the destiny show podcast on Apple, 
Spotify, Amazon Music, and every major platform. You can find us on the web at destinyshow.com. You can find us on Twitter at The Destiny Show. You can find us right here every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash The Destiny Show. And next week, I hope you're ready because we're going to talk about all things King's Fall Master Mode with none other than the world's first team from Clan Elysium. And we're going to be inviting some awesome guardians on the show next week. So I hope you're ready. We're going to have a packed show next week. And thank you for joining us, guardians. And we'll see you all next week. Good night, and we will see you, Darkside. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.